good evening and welcome to the latest spooktacular from Corpse Scare Podcast. That's <laughs> It is All Hallows Eve coming to you live from three separate locations. From the depths of hell, I am one of your hosts. Don't have a scary name, Barry. Hello. Coming from a like a slightly far away, different circle of hell. It's also Paul, the Ghost Man Griffin. I'm dressed as a sexy pig for Halloween. Ooh, tip fell out. Oh, oh, that's why he's in hell. And coming from the ye old spooky streets of London Town. That's where Jack the Ripper was, and that doing all the killing and that he was doing. He's down here with us now in hell, but this guy is not. It's Joe Towner. It's Joe Ghost Town Towner. Oh, the oh, beloved yeah. Ricky Gervais film. Boo! <laughs> oh, yeah, he plays a dentist. Very, That's uh, right, yeah. Believably. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a dentist who has the same accent as all those other characters. Oh. He, he lived in New York City. What's up with that? Anyway. We're not talk about that because we're talking about spooky things because this is the Halloween edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. You are all most likely listening to this on the actual Hallowed Eve itself. So I hope you're having a wonderful spooky season. I hope you've all watched some scary films. I hope you've eaten some delicious treats. I hope your houses have not been egged. I hope your dogs have not been spooked by fireworks. It's not all fun and games, is it? And uh, over the next uh, two hours and maybe two hours and a bit... We'll be telling you all about the spooky films we watched and all the Halloween shit we've been doing, which is actually not not a great deal of Halloween stuff here um, uh, on, on my end. Um, I've never cared for Halloween, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's the worst of the... You're the, re- you're the real monster. That's why you're here in hell, because you don't well, like Halloween. I mean, let's weigh, up, let's weigh up all the public holidays we have, right? Okay. Easter. Oh, nom, 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 nom. Eat all the eggs, right? Boring. Yes. Everything's closed. Uh, still weirdly religious. And yeah. here's the thing: the spicy take. Uh, the chocolate in the actual eggs themselves always dog shit. Always dog shit. Well, depends. It depends. What you, what you like? When, what do you get excited about when you get an Easter egg? Right? Is they hand you it and you? It says on the box, "Oh, it's a Maltesers Easter egg." So you're excited for? You've already the, made the mistake, Barry. Um, you've you've already, no, no, no. Excited no, 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 for no, no, the no, no. chocolate egg. No, Maltesers egg, you've already made a mistake. Nestle and Mars eggs, I agree with you, are shit. Yeah. Only Cadbury's. Only get Cadbury's Oh, you're eggs. such a mark. You're such a fucking... <laughs> wake <laughs> up. Okay, wake Cadbury's up. Is great. Or one of the posh ones. You could get like a... Or one of the posh ones. A lipped egg or something. But if you're... Oh, if you're a living crisis, are you having a laugh? <laughs> if you're one of those people who goes out and buys a Maltesers egg and then is disappointed when it tastes like excrement, like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Then you'll enjoy this next series of clips we've called Egg on My Face. <laughs> okay, anyway, it's not Easter time. We're not going to do a full Easter No, review. no, no. You were ranking holidays. That's how we You buy the good that. eggs and you have a happy time, right? right. Uh, Easter, Halloween Easter better than good. Easter. Halloween better than Patrick's Day. Patrick's Day is shit. I mean, let well, me if, you, if, you, if you enjoy getting absolutely annihilated you might enjoy it well i do and i hate saint patrick's day because every because the the, you know what's the the, you know what's a very thin line the thing that i enjoy about a good night out is how many and how badly everyone else is smashed and when the entire country gets absolutely which is also that's actually you know what i'm kind of talking myself into a corner here because that's also a negative for halloween 
people go fucking b- ballistic at Halloween, and I actually dislike that about Halloween. Mm. But um, uh, what else is there? Easter, Padgett. Crimbo, I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean Christmas is nice. I mean, that's fine. Birthday. Enjoy the Birthday's birthday. not a holiday. Birthday is an individual holiday. Also, we're all old enough now that birthdays are... What? I'll, I'll still take the birthday off work. I didn't get. I didn't get a new bike. Um, yeah. You know, um, didn't get to go to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> to bowling and quasar. Yeah. Did, uh, did Did they ever have McDonald's birthday parties over there? Is that something that you step? I don't know if yeah, they yeah. still do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they definitely still do it. Yeah. I, I, I went to a couple. So I was telling Michelle about it, and there was one time where they uh, locked us in the freezer, like. It was supposed to be a joke. Like we all went in to look at the like the big walk-in freezer, and then once we were all in there, they closed the door, and it was co- obviously completely pitch black. There was nothing; in, right. you didn't see a single thing in there. And we were all screaming. I just wonder if they get away with that nowadays. I feel like no, you no, gotten bloody woke now. It is oh, oh seven-year-olds in a freezer. Oh, can't, can't kill a child in a freezer anymore. Is that a bit of a laugh? Country's uh, gone to the dogs. Oh, what's next? Oh, unless they have six Kwanzaa, it's probably good, is it? Don't know what they do for them. Ramadan, uh, Hanukkah. The only thing is, is just, it, it, day, throw that out. it's just like, but they've got that's and that's also eight days, so that, that's like Make the, a little coldy thing. Do you count that as one or do you count that as eight? That's one. That's one. one. Yeah. That's I suppose there's one. technically twelve days of Christmas, isn't there? And we yeah. don't. We don't. We don't count that. Not really. Anyway, Halloween is great, is what I'm saying. No, it's not. Halloween it just feels like a normal day, and then some people dress up at the end of it, and I usually don't. Yeah. Well, I love. I love dressing up. I suppose that that is a big that is a big decider. Do you like dressing up or not? That's like a factor. I like it, but um, I don't. I know Joe Towney Towner had a, a fabulous uh, Halloween get up this week. I do have to say, and, and and Mrs. Towner also. It was very happy. Yeah, I was very happy with it. I we came up, we were talking about ideas because we were going to a party and we were like, what should we dress up as? Because we didn't want to have to buy anything. That was yeah, the right. first draw. I'm like, I'm not pe- spying t- spending 12 quid on a wig that's going to never be used again or yeah. something else similar. It's just yeah. bollocks. So what can we get that we can make You know, with what we've got in the house? Looked at a list of ideas and saw the picture of Nathan Fielder in the rehearsal where he stood in a diner with a laptop harness over mm. it, uh, looking at his, looking across the diner with his with his MacBook in front of him, and happened to notice that the outfit he was wearing uh, are just my normal clothes. <laughs> I literally have the same jumper and trousers that I, I wear quite quite frequently. Uh, I also have a MacBook for work, and I also randomly have a couple of black like straps that I found in the cupboard. I don't even know what they're for. Like, <laughs> I think it was an old like inflatable bed or something. It's like, it's like upcycling. It's great. I know. It was just like we had everything. So I was like, fuck it, do that. And I said, and then Michelle was like, oh, I wanted to do, I was going to do that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I'm doing it now too late. <laughs> and um, I said, well, why don't you just wear my suit and you can be big suit Nathan Fielder. Perfect. And she put the suit on and that worked pretty well. I think in the pictures, it looks like it fits a bit better. She did look quite like drowning, drowned in it on the night. Uh, if of course if I was a bit of a taller, slightly fatter man, it would have been mm. more hilarious. Yeah. But you the know. risk as well is that people might think she was JBL from Raw from a few weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't see that. Was he wearing a with the giant pant legs? No, <laughs> didn't see that. But no, yeah, it was good. But it, yeah, it was good. It well, I would say it went down a tree, but obviously very few people know who Nathan Fielder is outside of our sort of circles. Like generally, right. people don't haven't heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> a few people, a few people did. 
Um, but as I said to someone at the party, I'm really doing this for Instagram and Discord. Like, I, like <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Like, that's all that matters. I will never see any of you people ever again, but people on Instagram, I talk to them at least, you know, once a week. So, <laughs> yeah. But got to think of the long term. Really. That's the thing, because it's there's, there's two categories, isn't there? There's really fun, clever, cool outfits that 75% of people won't get. And then there's the all really basic rote stuff that everyone's seen 10 million times. Um, uh, like I, like you know, I remember when I went as uh, the boss from Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. I just told people, "As like, I'm just a soldier, I well, can't I'm be." <laughs> if you didn't, if you did not instantly recognize what I am, I cannot be fucked explaining what it is because it's so <laughs> inside baseball. I was actually surprised. Basically, no, I did the Punisher one year. Nobody fucking knew the Punisher at all. I was shocked at that. Mario people knew, and even kind of like uh, uh, the la- I didn't do it, so I didn't really do anything this year. But last year, I did. Um, Peter B. Parker from Spider Verse. I thought that was. I suppose right. that is like the yeah. least successful Spider Man movie. So, so when people are like, "Oh, you, you're Spider Man," I was like, "Yeah, from from Spider Verse." And they're like, "What? I, what? I haven't yeah. seen that. Is that the new that. one?" I was like, "It's the it's the animated one." Yeah, no, never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of like and like next year, spoilers for movie golf. I was like, I I would love to do a good art the clown from the Terrifier movies. No, so I'll just be like, I'm I'm a scary clown. It doesn't matter. I'm just I'm a scary, scary clown boy. boy. So, a scary clown boy. Yeah. Um. So again, if you can pop the Instagram boys, that's 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 all that matters, and and the Discord uh, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, I suppose one, one spooky. I did last minute. Brona actually got me a really, a, a, a cheap, but therefore also super scary clown mask. So I did throw on an outfit because we went to a, um, a Halloween drag night in town last night, mm-hmm. which was fabulous. It was really, really entertaining. I've never been to a drag event before. It was so fantastic. But, um, uh, they did a, costume contest where the host brought a bunch of costume people on and they were getting cheered and there was like Lara Croft and what was great was there was one girl who had a phenomenal outfit but I I can't remember the character's name and the host just kept calling her League of Legends because she because <laughs> it was a character from League of Legends and it was so great like I, I don't even I don't even know the character but I was like she put all this effort into it but it's just so weird when it's like people are just like I just don't know what it's supposed to be um but yeah, that's that's Halloween. So, did you win any kind of prize, Joe, or was it just kind of you know? Just my own sense of smug self satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also that I got to walk home just wearing a jumper and trousers. So I just put the laptop away, and no one's the wiser. So, hell yeah, who's the real winner? And just do a little bit of overtime as well when you're bored. Just you know, that was it. This party's yeah. a bit shit. I'm just going to log on to you know Slack. Just uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Right, we get cracking on the news then, I and mean, we've already kind of covered Halloween. Alrighty, yeah. Um, I suppose where where will we start because we've got quite a, a a loaded lineup here. I suppose we'll we'll get we'll get the wrestling news out of the way here before we jump into to um uh um the 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 personal news. <laughs> we did have a um an update from quote unquote CM Punk's camp. Which uh, I just made myself laugh earlier in the week by thinking like it's like Camp CM Punk instead of Camp yeah. Krusty. Oh, CM Punk's! Uh, oh, I thought you were going to go CM Punk's camp. Oh, <laughs> CM Punk! Oh, 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 not my dog! Oh, oh. bit me dog! <laughs> no, the the I mean, what basically seemed like CM Punk basically spoke to someone, but said, "But don't mm. put my name on it, though. Don't say I spoke to you." Uh, mm. Some just pretend it was someone else. Pretend it was the dog. Larry the dog finally went on the record. Um, so basically, it just kind of it, it seemed as though that, that or it doesn't seem. I mean, it, it, it's, it's apparent now that it is the case. It seems like this investigation has concluded, 
a steel gone <laughs> the elite being like readily being teased as being as coming back um and as most people kind of figured, it was going to be one or the other. It was going to be, it was very unlikely this investigation would play out. And then it was like, all right, let's shake hands. We're all coming back now. Let's just, yeah. let's just, you know, especially with these people involved. I mean, without getting, without, you know, burying the lead. To me, it's, it was, with Punk, it's just always like, it's not about how right or wrong you think he is. Even if you think he's 100% right, he'll never be able to fucking <laughs> swallow his pride and shake a hand and move on. It's not how he does things. So uh, in light of all of this, he obviously felt like his side of the story wasn't getting out there. So his camp reached out to, ironically enough, Nick Houseman, who was kind of at the um, the center of all this when it kicked off. Um, uh uh, he was the the uh, you know hey do you still do stand up with Cold Cabana guy that at the beginning of that famous <laughs> diatribe, yeah. um, and the gist was basically first of all Punk seemed like he had not received any update from AEW directly that was one thing. Uh, I don't think he ever said he wasn't interviewed for the investigation, but I see what I inferred from it was that that he he was spoken to for the investigation, but he had not heard a thing since the investigation. And he did say that uh, A. Steele's wife was in the room and was not spoken to uh, for the investigation, which obviously, again, I mean, people have dissected this statement. The, the statement was obviously very kind of pointed. It was not just, hey, I want to have my say. It was kind of, it was throwing a little bit of muck on this investigation was bullshit. And 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 the uh, much like the thing that aggravated him originally, it seems like his, he's still very much of the opinion that the elite are getting their version of everything out and I'm not getting my say. Um, and of course, the big thing that was the talking point was that he alleged that they, they he went back to the kicked in the door story and said that the door hit the dog. And then at a prearranged veterinary uh, appointment the next day or two days later, the dog had to have teeth removed. A little bit of a kind of, you know, justification for why he perhaps went mental. Um, and there was also, I mean, to me, the real the real chestnut, the real the real gem at the middle of this was that he felt as though there was a he was, there was a chance hangman page was going to try and fight him IRL in the middle of their pay-per-view main event uh which brings me back to something I think I said a few weeks ago on the show which is the word that probably doesn't get used enough that probably should be used more to describe CM Punk is paranoid Mm. Um, because I believe he believes that, but I, I still think it's a farcical thing to think. It's ridiculous. Um, even if, if look, if anyone, you know, anyone in the company, the lowest, the least person I would expect to shoot on somebody's hangman page. Yeah. Like, it, come on. And it's like, you could say that, oh, well, you know, he went into business, but that like one throwaway line six months ago, or whatever the fuck it yeah. was, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's God. just so whatever, but uh, yeah, so that was, that was the gist of it. I mean, people, people seem to take a lot of umbrage with, with that statement, but it doesn't seem like any of that really matters anymore. Basically, it seems like the die has been cast and, and this is, and he's, he's almost certainly not coming back. So what do we what do we make of his statement, and what do we make of the lay of the land now that the elite are on the way back? I think too little, too late uh, in terms of PR, PR management. If you're going to do it, you got to do it pretty quickly. You can't wait six weeks and then go, um, yeah, my dog got hurt, and Hangman Page was going to shoot on me. I mean, at least come up with something. My God, that was useless. Everyone else had got an hour ahead of the story. Everyone kind of knew what would happen. So poor, poor attempt. And I'd say AEW have been pretty good on the the PR front in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you saw the uh, Wade Keller sort of coverage where he was talking about punk being kind of maybe a bit 
past it or getting injured a lot and he wasn't quite the draw they expected and he wasn't a big make difference maker to business and clearly it all come from AEW, someone in AEW. but it was yeah. it was a very smart pr move to basically make it look like punk actually wasn't a big loss so i thought that was that was kind of very smart of them there was a there was a story out about um discovery uh, warner brothers discovery wanting AEW to be you know a big partner of theirs and treating them like a sport and this kind of thing. I feel like there's a lot of stories AEW putting out there to kind of turn the, to be a bad PR around they've had the last mm. couple of months. So, yeah. so I, I don't think Punk's little, uh, little leak to the man that he wanted to have a fight with at the press conference, who apparently is now a good friend of his. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's particularly effective. And yeah, like you say, it's, it's kind of we know what's going to happen next. It's not really going to change anything unless Punk goes ends up going to WWE, which would be hilarious. Um, and I would lose every shred of respect for him for, for doing that, ending up in that that place after everything he's said and done. It could happen, but anyway, I, I wouldn't watch it. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Not much to add to that. I mean, the paranoid thing is interesting because certainly you see that in his actions where. Hangman Page is going to shoot on me. Well, I better, I better rather than sort that out in private in a either personal or professional way. Mm. You know, rather than to raise it, his concerns to somebody um, above him, high in the in the hierarchy, mm. and then again with the the fight and the scrum and everything. It seems like any paranoia he may or may not allegedly experience he feels like he has to act on it yeah i think that's kind of the bigger issue um these people are after barging into my room well i better start throwing punches before they do something to me even though if you took the the moment to think about all the possible multiversal outcomes of them coming into his room Mm. the worst one that he could go for would be to just start throwing punches at people (laughs) yeah um Definitely, it's kind of a, a shoot first, ask questions later mindset that I don't know is is super collaborative or would work in a melting pot environment that AEW seems to be at the moment. There was the uh, just one thing there. There was a, the, uh, there was a story that apparently around double or nothing time, he and Hangman and Tony Khan had a private closed door meeting to hash out any issues, but the content of that has gone completely unreported because it, it seems like it was just the three of them in that room and right. it doesn't seem like a, a smidge of information mm. has gotten out about it. Uh, that's where Tony said, laid out the work and, and to, <laughs> to set up Punk coming back at full gear. That's where he laid out his plans. But um, yeah, one thing, one thing, and it, it, I think about this probably way too much of all the things that came out in the, inf- in the infamous Cabana podcast that spurred this entire argument. Mm. I, I often think about the story he tells about when Ryback threw him off the stage, he pressed him over his head and threw him off the table and he like missed the table. He yeah. like clipped it and he horribly hurt himself. There's a great, again, and this is why that podcast was so great because it was a great insight into WWE, but also into Punk's mind 
And he tells the story where he went up to Ryback and Ryback had already heard him like three or four times. And he goes to Ryback. He, he said, you either admit that you're doing it on purpose and you're trying to hurt me or you're a fucking idiot. And that's where the Ryback, I guess I'm a fucking idiot. But that's always so interesting to me is because it's like, well, yeah, I assume he is a fucking idiot. Like, I assume that's the... But Punk's thing is, like, I, I don't actually want him to say that. I want him to say, yes, I'm trying to kill you, Phil, is what, I, is what he wants him to say. I'm deliberately trying to kill you. I'm like, how is that what you think is actually happening and not just that he's bad? Do you know, Or that I mean? it was an accident. Or that it was an accident, yeah. I mean, it's just... He just... I mean, and I'm sure if you go, if you go dig in, I mean, it seems like for the entirety of his 20 years in the public eye... Um, He's felt like, I mean, and people have been out to get him. I mean, let's not act like he hasn't had enemies and, you know, there's not tons of political mm. sniping and wrestling. And I, I do not imagine the elite are angels in all of this. I feel like there's no, been a but lot. You wonder that. about how much of that is kind of cyclical in terms of yes. how much of, of it is real, but also caused by his personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like that's it for Punk and wrestling. I've seen a lot of people yeah. speculate that he'll go back, but just remember that when he left, obviously there was, you know, he was not going to go to TNA, but when he left WWE, like he did not entertain the idea of a Japan run. He did not entertain the idea of Mexico. He did not entertain the idea of doing one of those weird, you know, yeah. uh, South American spot shows, you know, or, or fucking continental Europe, go to Uruguay and get yeah. half a million quid to, to do a one-off. He never, uh, he was out. And I feel like now it with, I just, I, I don't know how people are really entertaining the idea that he'll go to WWE. I think he, he's probably now, they fuck me, and now they fuck me, and I want nothing to do with any more of this. Is probably what I would imagine his stance would be. Possibly. I don't, and especially because I feel like he would have been more likely to go back to Vince rather than Triple H. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. As much as he had his woes with Vince, he seemed he seemed more kind of caught up that that Vince was losing his faculties by the end of the run more so, and he seems to just actively dislike Triple H. You know, um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, never say never. I, exactly I, I can it, see yeah. him coming back to either company. It's tough because um, I, I could see Triple H bringing him back as a kind of win over AEW, yes. probably in their nose. But at the same time, does Triple H want a clearly toxic personality in their happy, clappy locker room where everyone's... Yeah, and that, that that was the point I was making as well about MJF back when he was no-showing um, signings or whatever it was around the time of Double or Nothing. Mm. Is, you know, maybe if you want to be signed, and obviously Punk maybe doesn't, doesn't care, but if you want to be signed and paid a lot of money, maybe, you know, come off outwardly as someone easy to work with mm. <laughs> as opposed to a huge pain in the ass. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, I think the more likely result is that he doesn't return to either, but I've seen crazier things happen in this wacky world of wrestling. We never thought he would come back the first time, so. No, and, and don't discount either how much he seemed to enjoy it being back. Yeah. So it was only what a couple of months ago he posted the Instagram with like all the pictures of him with the box with other people like oh made some new friends along the way you know it yeah, was great my so, summer vacation you know I would say with a normal person time heals all wounds maybe in this case it won't but mm. I don't know WWE is also quite a different place now than it was uh, in 2014 so who knows. They can they can uh, wave the carrot in front of him of uh, a main event WrestleMania spot for him if he's finally if he's did it well it could be like the Cody Rhodes thing he goes back to get the big one night one yeah 
<laughs> Saturday Logan, Logan Paul. You're wrestling on Saturday. That is the main event. That is the main event. <laughs> and he's like, that's not the fucking main event. I want the main event. Sunday's the main event. And then he leaves again and goes back to AEW. It's just such a, the only thing I can say at the end of it is it's such a shame. It the way is. things. It oh, is. totally. Yeah. Because it was the, the best comeback story. And just, God damn it, he couldn't just let it be. He couldn't he let it be. He hasn't he mellowed. Had, he had to get it in, in, in his own way again. Oh, well. So, yeah, that's the big uh, wrestling news from the week. Um, we can get into our, our the, the the feature formerly known as Life Golf, I suppose, at this stage with, with life updates. What, what, what are the life updates this week? Well, I've got three pieces of news. Go on. Um, I, I, I'm going to assume they're great. I'm going to assume yeah, they're, they're great. I mean, they're all good. First of all, um, I need to have surgery, so right. that'll, be, that'll be fun. I mean, it's only keyhole surgery. You know, mm. it's not like uh, really big, big major surgery. I'm sure I have, lots of people I know have had surgery. What's the sure. problem with the door? What's happening? <laughs> the door not working? Oh, 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 oh. Can't open the door. Oh, the kit. Yes, oh, how have I never heard that before? So, so that'll be good. We'll get that done. That'll be out of the way. I'll probably only miss one show. Then I'll be right. back. We'll be, we'll be on rocking and rolling. Secondly, um, Friday got made redundant. So uh, to be fair, don't really like work anyway. So <laughs> not that bothered. I thought my first reaction was, at least I don't have to write all that shitty content that I don't want to yeah. do. Oh, yeah. So I'd take a month off, get paid for it, and then find another job. So it's even better. And then don't lose that one. That's the point thing. Excellent. Thirdly, and best news of them all, we have a new addition to the family. Go on. What? Oh, and look at hello. him. Hello. Little uh, red Henry the Hoover. Oh, he's so happy. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, for the last few years, we've had these little, like, handheld, battery-powered Hoovers right. that don't pick up anything. You basically no. have to bend down, pick the, pick it up, and, like, drop it into the Hoover. And I said to me, you know, Michelle's been saying, we need a proper Hoover, and I said, yeah, I want one, and you know, now that obviously we've had Brexit, we're allowed to buy proper Hoovers again. You know, yes. the EU's the EU's not restricting them. Um, and I tell you, this lad Henry, he does a bloody good job, right? You look at him. I don't know if everyone knows Henry the Hoover, but you can Google it. Oh, they it's must. basically a sort of round red vacuum cleaner, but it's got a face on it. They put like <laughs> eyes and a, and a little mouth on it to make. And he looks very cheeky because he's doing a sideways sort of look. He's like yeah. mm, me, Henry. Um, the thing is, though, he's a fucking beast. Yeah. Like he, can, he can pick up anything, rocks, concrete, wood, glass, water. I have acid. Small children. It's, it literally, you get him sucking on something and he, you, <laughs> hey, hey, you get him, you get him picking some, him picking something up and he will not let go. You, you, you're like putting your foot on it, trying to pull him off. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Houses. Okay, okay. Is he sucking or you pull them off? Make your mind up. No, no, you do a little bit of both. Give a little, get a little, you know. He does what he wants, really. Um, um, yeah, it's very good. Very clean carpets now. Excellent. Except for all the cum stains, but you know. Um, <laughs> um, this reminds me, um, I'll have to remove names to protect the innocent, but um, a couple of years ago, um, I think this would have been just before COVID, I was out with a group of friends. And somehow the subject of, of Henry Hoover's came up, I think, because someone had just bought one and they were like Joe talking about how excellent they were. 
and uh, we were joking about as much like we were doing here, very immaturely joking about his little face and his saucy little face and his little eyes and his long sucker he's got on him. And one of the people in the group revealed that they had, in fact, fucked a Henry Hoover in the past. <laughs> they had stuck their willy into the the hose. Jesus. They had done so until completion. Wow. And not only that, but revealed it was the first time in his young adolescent life that he had done the deed. <laughs> and so he was properly de-cherried by a, uh, by a Henry. Oh my and I was like, how is that just coming up by chance while we were talking about the Hoovers in general? I uh, th- so that story has uh, has That's been burned into my brain. <laughs> yeah. So um, so Henry is a. a little you don't even need to clean up afterwards. It's, it's, it's productive as well. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like and it's like okay. Well, while I have it on, I'll do the carpet as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> what um, attachment did they use? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to ask anyone else. Yeah. You know what happens between a, a man and, and his Hoover in the privacy of his own? Um, well, it's probably the living room, I would guess. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's not for me to pry. Uh, I'm not I'm not the person who has to get it unstuck if it happens. You know. There it is. So that's my news. That's <laughs> all, all good stuff. Um, my news is I, I'm still going to the gym, obviously. But you know that clanging and banging stuff that people do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Finish yeah. doing that now. No, Not doing yeah. that anymore. No. Too, too hard work. Keep injuring myself. Yeah. <laughs> Keep hurting myself. Not doing that anymore. So I'm just going to the gym now and just doing treadmill running. Right? Okay. So I've set myself an objective. I like the treadmill anyway in that. You can see all the little measurements. You can see your speed, mm. your distance, uh, heart rate, all that. Okay. So I go to the gym and I do 5K on the treadmill jogging. My goal is to get to sub 25 minutes. So five minutes okay. per kilometer. Yeah. I'm very far away. Pretty, if you get that, That's pretty intense if you can hit that. That's the speed of 12 kilometers an hour for the full 25. Uh, so at the moment, I'm running at about 8.2 kilometers an hour. So it's still, it's taking me way longer. It's taking me 36, 37 minutes. So like 10 minutes off my my pace. But with the treadmill, the advantage of doing it on the treadmill compared to doing it outside is next time I go, I'll just put the speed up like 0.1 more. Mm. And then subliminally, without realizing it, I'm... You're, you're, you're getting closer. I'm getting closer and closer yeah. every time and getting better at it, speeding it up. Uh, so what I do is I don't set it to, you know, five kilometers. I do 40 minutes. And then whatever I do over 5K, I just keep going. So today I did 5.27 kilometers. So not only am I getting faster, but I'm, do- I'm still doing 40 minutes. So the distance I'm mm. going is also getting further and further and further. So killing two birds with one stone. And I, I had the old sweat bib on at the end of today. <laughs> Um, but yeah, enjoying it. And I seem to be uh, covered in sweat a lot more than when I was lifting weights. Now I will still the odd time go in and just do, do weights, but I, I want the cardio and the running to be kind of for now my primary thing I do. Yeah. yeah. Um. So enjoying that. I just stick the headphones on, podcast, and say right, I'm here for the next um, hour. So if I drive up, which I do sometimes. I'm a man who drives a car now, remember? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'll do like 
five minutes of walking on the treadmill just to warm up, then do the stretching, and then do my 40 minutes and then cool down. But if I walk up, I don't have to do that. So I go straight onto the treadmill and do just 40 minutes and then home, uh, which makes it a bit easier now because previously when I'm doing the weight training, I have to go very late in the day because the gym, when I finish work, is packed with people, as you might expect, mm. around yeah. 6 in the evening. Yeah. But the treadmills aren't all busy, and I only need one treadmill to do that. So it means I can go earlier in the day, have it finished, and be home and have the evening to myself instead of going at 8.30 in the evening, which I was doing, getting home at like 10, and then your day is mm-hmm. you know, done, basically. Well, enjoying that, I've been three times. So I'm 15 kilometers into this project. Okay. And uh, yeah, my, like I said, I think today was 37 minutes in the range. What I do is I oscillate between, that's a good word for an Irish very good word. Um, I do five minutes at one speed, and then I slow down and do five minutes. So I was doing 8.2 and 7.7. So I do five minutes at 8.2 kilometers per hour, five minutes at 7.7, and just go back and forth for the 40 minutes. So I do five minutes a bit more intensely, five minutes... A bit more slowly, like I'm getting a rest, although it's <laughs> minimally different. And that's the way I'm doing it for the moment. So hoping that I'll be... I mean, the first milestone is the 35, then the 30, and then 25. And yeah, 25 is, is, is fast. Like I said, that's it's almost one and a half times as fast as I'm running currently. So slowly, slowly but surely we'll get there. Yeah. Right. We got a, a brand new concept quiz. Oh, this is what he thinks about when he's on that treadmill. <laughs> uh, not too far off. I, I did come up with this uh, as I just got back in from the gym today. So the name of the quiz is "Whose line isn't it anyway?" But it could be, right? <laughs> got it. Rolls off yeah. the tongue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you might have heard of that um, comedy quiz show called. Uh, <laughs> Father Ted, uh, who, whose line is it anyway? That's that's oh, yeah. the the joke here, right? Oh yeah. So, okay. so what we've done here, right, is we all have Twitter accounts. Mm. Right? Paul Griffin, CSP, Griff Tannen, the Barry Lad, uh, and a lot of wrestling personalities have Twitter accounts as well. Oh yeah. So what I've done is I've used an AI generator to generate <laughs> tweets. Of famous wrestling accounts. Okay. Um, and I, I I used a few different ones to figure out which one was the best one. Because some of you go to websites, there's some AI generator. It's not really. It's no, just, it's not very good. Yeah, it's yeah. not really working. So I've I've done a, a few here. Uh, I've done 10. So we have, we have five each. And your uh, responsibility here is to guess who tweeted, but not really, uh, the tweet. Okay. Which the AI generated for us. Uh, now, I do have a coin. Let me get my wallet. Oh, he's actually got a coin this time. I do. My two, two European coin here. So who wants a heads? Uh, I'll have head. No, it's tails, I'm afraid. Oh, Barry wins so again. Barry, you're up first. All right. Now, I will say, some of the AI uh, generated tweets would have like the name of the person or right. uh, a direct catchphrase. Right? So I, I've tried to, if, if something like that came up, I would just rerun it and mm. until it, yeah. something that was close enough, but not 
immediately. I love being Bray Wyatt, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, follow hashtag follow the buzzards. No, any of that Right. So Barry, you're first. Yeah. Go on. Your tweet reads, uh, and and if there's emojis, I will try to de- describe the emoji. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this tweet says. Thanks so much for this hotbed territory known simply as dot, dot, dot. We can't wait. NYC LFG. Uh, then you have a black heart emoji. Hashtag Fallon tonight. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um, okay. So uh, you, have a few, you have a few. The, the idea is, I guess, individually, there are a few little moments in there that you might obviously as one tweet doesn't make any sense uh i will take a stab in the dark here i've got two names in mind mm-hmm. i will say this is a wrestler you said not like a person in wrestling it's a wrestling no it can be any oh, any be, wrestling okay, okay. person i will say i will say bryce remsburg it's not bryce remsburg <laughs> okay. joe over to you the rock the Rock is the correct answer. Ah, how did I knock that? Yeah, that's um, the other. The other one I was going to guess. Fallon tonight doesn't work, but the other one I was going to guess was fucking FTR bald. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have gone if I didn't know the answer. I know Eddie Kingston does LFG a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, LFG. Yeah. That's the Rock. That's so LFG. Bad, is the Come rock, on, Barry. Dude. That's bad. There's a few little uh, Fallon tonight. Really, not many wrestlers. Yeah, who else would be on for right, Number two. This one is for Joe. Uh, the money for all of all this is looking to be seen and tag to try new friends. Ryan O'Reilly and dot, 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 the. <laughs> now, there is a, a clue here that I can't, I can't give you, unfortunately. But if you were looking at the, the tweet, uh, the way it was written, you might, you might be able to identify it. Mm. Give, give me it one more time. The money for all of all this is looking to be seen and tag to try new friends, Ryan O'Reilly and dot 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 the CM Punk. It's not CM Punk, Joe. Barry, over to you. Uh, Bray Wyatt. No, it's not Bray Wyatt either. No one gets that one. Uh, Joe, if I told you that every word, the first letter was capitalized. <laughs> yeah, I know who it is. Yeah. Uh, who's it? Barry? Ric Flair. Ric Flair is correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if I, I, I couldn't give you that clue. Woo! Right. Barry, back to you. All right. Number three. Uh, we have, oh shit, a match wed C and such a I said gay. I monocle emoji, laughing, crying emoji, scissor emoji, gust of wind emoji. I'm going to. Y'all can wrestle me. <laughs> uh, is that Max Caster? It isn't, unbelievable. Oh, come on. Joe, do you have any idea? Anthony Bowens? It's not Anthony Bowens either. Oh. Oh, uh, shit. A match wed C and such a. And then there's a H, dot, dot, dot. I said gay. I, monocle, crying, laughing, scissor, gust of wind. I'm going to. Y'all can wrestle me. CM Punk. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, CM, wow. CM Punk. Uh, so that's number three. Barry, number four for you. 
uh, let's get summers all the hashtag get ready for 20 years I've had the pleasure of a few can transition from um Sasha Banks it isn't Joe do you know okay one more let's get summers excuse my lisp on that one let's get summers all the hashtag get ready for 20 years i've had the pleasure of a few can transition from edge no it's not edge either Uh, the hashtag get ready might be the clue of that one uh it might be tweeted out around the time of an nxt takeover no, uh, Triple H. It's Triple H. Oh, of course. The yeah, the game. The game. Oh, All right, Joe, mean? back to you. This is a, a weirdly time-appropriate one. I can't believe this came up. I have screenshots of all of these, by the way. Uh, Emma, you champion. So happy to feel left out. All in the first wrestler I can't wait for coming to have. Uh, I'm going to say Soraya. It's not Soraya. Barry? Asuka? No, this is a, a guess from the previous round. It was Edge. Ah. Um, what? I know, I don't understand that one either, but I, I, I had to use it because I was like, well, that's weirdly that's too weird. worked out. All right, Barry, over to you. Go on. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> 19 years ago tonight, 33 million people, like my brother, love you, my office. A draw the greatest of. Matt Hardy. It's not Matt Hardy. Oh, come on. That's oh. Hulk Hogan. It is Hulk oh. Hogan. Very good. Brother. I mentioned a brother in there. Was yeah. the, uh, and, the, and 33 million, a made up number. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 19 years ago tonight. Oh, dear. Okay. Back to Joe here. Uh, on an unhinged, angry man is brought to Halloween Havoc. Hear about Mid-South from Dax Harwood. Make. Um, I don't know. Jim Cornette. Oh, it's not. Good guess, though. Barry, over to you. Um, Cash Wheeler. No, good guess. Uh, well, I'll just say for this one, this was one that I had to rerun a few times to finally get a tweet that didn't have by God in it. Ah, uh, JR. JR, Mid-South. Uh, Barry. All right. Fire emoji. This fall. Fire emoji. Get ready to hit a father could ever have. Thank you. Unprecedented hours of Jack Lanza. <laughs> Is that Stephanie McMahon? No, it isn't. God! Joe. Fire emoji this fall. Fire emoji. Get ready to hit a father could ever have. Thank you, unprecedented hours of Jack Lanza. Is it FTR board? It's not FTR board. Barry, you were very close. Oh, was it Shane or Vince or... Vince McMahon. Uh, fire emojis from Vince. Oh my god, no <laughs> fucking way. All right. Uh Joe, another one for you here. I get it now. It's an individual, an advocate for the inflation 
is good for a stop to make beef. <laughs> Bray Wyatt. It isn't. Oh, Barry. God. Um, I, get, I get it now. It's an individual, an advocate for the inflation, is good at the for a stop to make beef. Uh, Tony Schiavone? It's not. Who's, who's going to be tweeting about inflation and um, again, one I had to, to find a, a tweet here that didn't make specific references things. It's Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Ah, of course. Glenn of Jacobs course. TN. Yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be funny to get one of his tweets in. Oh, of course, yeah, they're all winners. Um, and then last one for Barry here. That was a hell of a show. And another is cold as his favorite band. Beer emoji, beer emoji. Cheers, thanks, cheers too. <laughs> uh, is that Stone Cold Steve Austin? It is. Hey, hey, Steve Austin. Hey, wait, that was an easy one. So, final score, Barry won, but our winner with two. Wow. Mr. Joe Tanner. That was tight. That was tight, 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 tight. Well done, Joe. That's good. That's good. That's Thank you. Back in the winner's column. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. That's that was answer. interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> oh, the funny thing is, the ones you said the answers is like, oh yeah, that actually does make sense. Yeah. That actually does yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alrighty. Uh, we will jump into the wrestling television here this week. Um, uh, I suppose the big talking point from Dynamite was the MJF stuff. Um, we got him and Renee. Um, uh, early on in the show, which I thought was great. I think he, I think he and Renee have that that wrestler announcer vibe that that Gene Okerlund had with a lot of wrestlers back in the day, and I, I think they're going to be a great pairing going forward. I think Joe nailed. Uh, he made a comparison to uh, The Rock. I know I, I likened him to Ric oh, yeah. Flair last week. I still saw a little bit of Flair in there, but definitely structure wise. It was much more akin to a, this was a rock promo. Absolutely. Well, that's what I thought. I was going to say, you know, last week or two weeks ago, very much Ric Flair. This week, The Rock. Next week, yeah. who knows? Could be doing a John Cena. We don't know. <laughs> a rap. But he can do it. He can do it all. He can do every style. He does the catchphrases, the impressions. He can do the serious, heartfelt stuff. He's the boy. And what an impression it was, by the way. It's pretty good. Yeah. I want to drink your piss. Yeah. No, it was great. And and continuing the story that uh he wants to uh, he wants to beat Mox legit. He doesn't want to use any antics, which uh I find this character stuff really intriguing because I don't know where it's gonna go. Because it's MJF, so there's always a chance that it's basically just setting up him cheating to win. Um or Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a bit clunky the way they went went around that. That was the one bit of the promo that would be my nitpick of the week, I suppose. Um, it reminded me of, and this is a really obscure reference. People maybe won't remember this. Um, I think it was WrestleMania 15, the main event, right? So this was Rock Steve Austin, main event in WrestleMania for, for the first time. Mankind had beaten... Sorry, this is going to take a, a second to get around to. Mankind had uh, defeated the Big Show by disqualification earlier in the night yeah. to be the guest referee, but Big Show took him out, so he, he couldn't be. Vince McMahon had come down. It was He was going to be the referee. Shawn Michaels came out. He was the commissioner at the time, and he said, uh, take your Jack LaLanne-looking physique <laughs> to the back. Um, 
and there was one thing that he said that sounded a lot like this, where he said um, he, he kind of made a bit of a flub knowing what the actual events that would happen in the match were going to be. He said, um, if I see any member of the corporation interfere, The Rock will be disqualified and Steve Austin will win the belt. Oh, but I'm, I might let you come down, <laughs> which was so awkwardly delivered. Why would he allow Vince to interfere? Like, obviously knowing that the... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, had Vince involved. He, I think, he accidentally overshot what he was supposed to say, and then had to counteract in a really odd, weird way. And I felt a li- that a little bit here, where MJF was like, uh, "I'm, I, I'm going to earn it, but I'm not going to cheat. But I am going to cheat. But I'm not going to use the ring as if like what difference does it make if he uses the ring or not? Surely he can cheat another way." That was a little clunkily delivered to me. Not the, the delivery of it, but the fact that they had to go mm. back and say that and explain it in a way that didn't really make sense. Um, I'm not really going to wrestle clean, but I won't use my ring. Well, what's the point of that? I don't quite understand. That. Yeah, but um, mocking the 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 Moxley walk, uh, mm. they they both continually called Penta Pentagon. So did Renee as well, and she's That's usually on top of that kind of thing. Well, Pentagon Junior is such a cool name, and Penta L Zero M is not good at all. Um, so, and it's just funny because it's like he he got all that you know a little bit of hype for the the match in Mexico this past weekend. It's like yeah, because he in Mexico he gets to be Pentagon Junior, so people go oh shit, Pentagon Junior had a match. It was great. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think the MJF stuff is 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 interesting because I feel like he could cheat to win. And then he's just you know, classic old MJF. He could try and cheat, and that could be his downfall, and he could lose, which would also be interesting. He, I feel like it'd be mega premature if he won without cheating. That feels like, like I realize they're like he's they're going with the hot hand with the MJF winning in some capacity. But I feel like if he just beats Moxley, that would be like mental. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think that's a satisfying conclusion to the story. To be honest, I expect it to be some William Regal involvement because that seems to be where the story foundation has kind of been laid is in the interaction between MJF and Regal. Yeah, maybe so he wrestles a clean match. Moxley kicks out of 10 million moves. He goes to grab the ring and Will, uh, Regal comes out and just gives him a little look, a little, oh, Sonny, oh, I knew I knew you couldn't do it, lad. I knew you couldn't do it. And then he hesitates, he takes the ring off and then Moxley beats him or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a, a clever little thing they've dropped now is... Regal gave the opportunity to MJF to to hit him. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But MJF knows that Regal, and, and I, I like, even if this isn't the way they ultimately go, I like the way they've dropped into our consciousness as viewers that Regal carries a brass nooks around with yes. him. Yes. Yeah. So let's say that Paul's mm-hmm. the little booker. I know we don't do a lot of fancy booking here. No. But I'm thinking MJF does hit Regal. Regal's at ringside. He does hit him, takes the nooks. He knows Regal has, uses them, wins or doesn't win, whatever. But I, I would like there to be a little payoff so that, you know, they, it's not even big story beats they've given us. But if you're just paying attention, you, you can kind of put together, oh, I see how that logically would make sense. Um, What makes slightly less sense is the whole firm deal. Uh, what, what, what doesn't make sense about it? Well, not that necessarily doesn't, doesn't make sense, but this group that only was created a month ago 
already they're doing the tease again whether it's ultimately yeah. a ruse or not but the tease of the breakup and the firm turning on him and mm. like well this is the this is the thing is i i hope it's not a ruse because it's, it's like my least favorite thing in wrestling it's pure russo is the uh I took a beating from you to get one over on all the marks. It's like that. I hate that. I hate that. Especially because they beat the shit out of him and they put him through a table and all this other stuff. It's like if if they end up helping him win and he hugs them and he loves them, I'm like, oh, I don't think they'd do that. That would be awful. Then Ethan Page did a promo on Rampage about, you know, you you changed what you uh, wanted from us, and we changed the rules on you. And it's like, for, given that the group was set up originally as not even really his stable, but like he'll pay for it if he needs mm. their involvement. Yeah. Like again, that didn't make a lot of sense to me because it wasn't like there was this built up uh, leadership of MGF of this group in the first place. Um. So that feels like they're paying off something that hasn't exactly been built enough for that to to work. Um. Not to mention that the firm are a bunch of jabrones. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Morrissey's pretty cool. Morrissey, uh, but they, have, they haven't done good. anything with him yet. It's no figurehead there. It's no one can really. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. Stokely, not exactly delivering he's, as he's, much he's, as I would have hoped he, he would. He can be funny, but I don't think he's. For the outrage of him being un- underused or unused uh, in NXT. I'm not really getting the hype of, of him as a, a figurehead. I think a, I think he's been pretty mismanaged. I think that is fair because I, I think and like I think as evidenced by the fact that they very quickly dropped it. The Jade thing was a terrible match; didn't work at all. Uh, you know, sometimes a good talker and a good manager works, but this was one of those things where it's like, okay, she's so she so obviously doesn't need him, and they didn't have a whole lot of chemistry with each other either. Like Jade's thing always has to be that she's the biggest star in the room, and it she can't be doing banter like with with another you know good talker. She has to be talking down to the baddies. That's always her thing. And this is kind of like I think see when you when you said there was no kind of centerpiece to me. I, I think they're like I think he's good, but I think they're lacking a killer wrestler because they've got like they've got Morrissey as the heavy, but he's not he's obviously not going to be like working a lot of matches. And Ethan Page is good, but like I feel like he was floating around in mid card soup for too long to to now come yeah. in and be this guy who's taken out MJF and Moxley. Um, I mean they they flubbed the man of the year stuff uh, so badly in in. In, in, in that whole mulch with Scorpio Sky and Sammy, and then and then they just like disappeared without explanation. Um, to then to then have Ethan Page immediately put into the top mix, I think is is an odd fit. But um, yeah, yeah. The I, I'm interested in the MGF character stuff, but the firm does feel like a an idea they came up with, but didn't necessarily have a super thorough twelve month plan with. You know, mm. correct. Uh, what else do we have then? We had Claudio and Wheeler against Jericho and Garcia at the beginning. Yeah, we really um, enjoyed that one. Enjoyed that. Looks like they are moving in uh, Claudio Jericho direction potentially for the Ring of Honor pay per view they announced in the week. Oh yes, yeah, final battle. Yeah. Um, and Yuda, Yuda Garcia again, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Although. Yuda and Danielson, it's not clear what they're doing there. Yeah, I I feel like that might end up being the pay per view match, Yuda and Danielson. Possibly. Uh, Which would be great. Um, Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. 
Um, what else do we have in here? Then they then they did a um, a promo that you could barely hear because the audio was. Oh god, that was terrible. Now, and not only was the audio bad, but there was someone's head at the bottom of the frame <laughs> in shot, and a microphone <laughs> briefly came in as well. Oh, maybe it was a, maybe it was a microphone, not a head. Well, yeah, the thing with like the microphone a, is weird because it seems like they use a, a real microphone, a live microphone, doing the interview. Because when someone's closer to it, they sound louder. But um, why why don't they use just a, a boom mic that catches all the audio so that it sounds? Yeah, good? very odd. And I feel like like I remember I remember this being a thing in the early days of Dynamite, and we're still doing these segments where like it starts off with no audio, then they turn the audio up, then you can hear the audio echoing in the arena because they've got the they want they want the audience reaction, but they haven't figured out the mix to not get the fucking video audio. It's it's really bad. Three years in to still have these issues, it like is. it's really bad. It's really bad. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, this I, was I, yeah. unlistenably bad, specifically. And because, yeah, Jericho was like laying out this challenge. And I've seen a lot of people debating, you know, is his mystery opponent next week a former world champion? Or is it a is it a uh, any kind of champion? Because Excalibur accidentally said world champion. And the promo where Jericho outlined it, you couldn't fucking hear what he was saying. But I and, think but then they did it again on Rampage. The same promo again, was it? They basically did the same, okay. exact same promo again, and he outlined that it could be any anyone. Champion. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I feel like when you factor in people who are like persona non grata and possibly not alive, the the list of world champions is actually fairly limited. Do you know what I mean? And they're not yeah. they're not going to have him wrestle a heel like Jay Lethal and stuff like that. And they can't get the Briscoes and they can't get Cody, and they're probably not going to reach out to Aries and Loki and people like that. You know. Mm. Um, so Jericho's like, all right, I'll wrestle fucking six man champions of, of, of <laughs> your, you know. Uh, Nigel was released, wasn't he? He was, uh, yeah. I don't know if he's even entertained the idea of coming back. I mean, a lot, a lot of these people have gone back to doctors. I feel like he exhausted. I feel like he was like he did that for ages, yeah. and then I think he mentally, probably correctly, checked yeah. out on that whole thing. He's like, all right, well, let me just send this fucking Irish guy his DVD, and then I'm just gonna, you know. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I, I got it. You see that in the documentary that that he made, that he eventually was able to send to me. Thanks very much, Nigel. Um, yeah, I would think that he would have no interest in it. I don't know that he's post Desmond Woof. Um, if he's uh, kept the old physique up to the point that he would be, and I'm not saying that he's not in shape, but you know, yeah. in his peak, Nigel was quite a heavy set. Wrestler. Yeah, and then. In his commentary thing, he looked like he leaned out a lot. I don't know if he would be immediately back for taking uh, bumps off the apron. Yeah. Even even like if you go back and watch Desmond Wolf, I think you know he was much smaller, much was, smaller. Like, yeah, like you go back and watch his like ROH Prime, he, big he, beefy boy. You know, he was a big yeah. lariat throwing kind of heavyweight, and then Desmond Wolf was like a big, like, tall, like kind of cut. Like he had great like abs and stuff, but he was a he was a defined kind of. He, he changed a lot over the years, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's next week they're doing Jericho and another ROH champion of some of some uh, uh, lineage. Yeah, um, we had uh, Swerve in Our Glory against FTR. And did FTR have little stickers on the AAA belts over the logo? Yeah, what was that about? Said FTR on it instead of AAA. I don't know. Is that a storyline they're doing in... in... Were they... Triple aware. Mania was like last weekend. Did they go? Did they... They, no, I, they, I, they weren't on it. They like, like... And that's not even... I don't even think that's a them not wanting to use AAA. It was be like, they're like, eh, no, don't worry yeah. about it. We're all right. <laughs> you know... 
Um, well, the same is true of Japan. They've defended those New Japan titles like twice, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, this match was great. Very, very good. Very, very good. Although, I have another nitpick of the week. Go on. Uh, I wouldn't have had the acclaimed and daddy ass come out and sit on the ramp. Yeah. Because the crowd immediately then had no interest in the match. They wanted to chant, oh, scissor me daddy, and do all that. Uh, and I think the acclaimed would have had a, bit, a bigger pop making the run in for the save afterwards anyway, if totally. their music hit and they ran out. So I think the planning there was a little bit off. Yeah, um, and, they to, and they have to just fake react to the match, and it's just ugh, I always hate stuff like that. Um, um, more Shane Strickland chicanery at the finish, which I, I like. I, I enjoy. I enjoy that he's, dynamic. He's great. He's, he's so so good. But uh, I gotta say, Dynamite and Rampage, and no acclaim drop. Yeah, I thought it's because because it's, it's, it's funny whenever they play their music, you can always tell there's a bit uh-huh. of a deflation when they can see oh he's not doing a rap. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I guess, to an extent, one of the problems of the gimmick being super over to the point where, you know, the gimmick is the rap. If you don't get a rap, oh, well, well what do we have left, you know? Um, we had the MGF se- uh, segment that we mentioned earlier. Danielson Guevara, I thought was very good as well. Good. Enjoyed, yeah. yeah. Um, nice little finish. I, li- I like the... Uh, I like when the stomps lead directly to a finish. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I feel like when you're stomping on someone's head, if the, if that isn't itself the finish, it's a bit overdone. Least. The stomp. They've got like three people doing the stomps, and yeah, it's all the BCC finish. guys. Yeah. But you know, I would protect that a little bit more. Uh, I would. Li- I would almost like that to be a kind of a stoppage move itself. Yeah, you know, I think that would be cool. Uh, but into the triangle with the elbows is 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 fine by me. Um, so yeah, very, very good. Um, Jamie Hayter and Rio. Again, very, very good. A lot of great matches on this. Uh, yes. Pacific Dynamite. Um, Hayter still has one of the best theme songs in the biz. Um, so does Rio, actually. A pair of great theme songs here, I got to say. Uh, match is very, very good. Uh, little, little Rio is... Uh, is ah, she's great. She's and so good. I, she's one of the best. Um, I don't really even want to say high flyers, but like quick attackers, I guess. Yeah. And I think Hader is one of the best bumpers. So I think they're a, a really good uh, complementary pair. Um, and then Tony Storm came out on the stage uh, with her belt. And that was it. That was weird, yeah. Just to like taunt yeah. the the, especially because like Jamie Hader like won clean as well, so it wasn't even like there was any antics. Tony Storm was like, yeah. Hey. Um, yeah. I, I I wonder how what the timeline is on the whole Jamie Hader thing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, we saw that previously with Brit, which is that sometimes you got to strike when the iron is hot, and they did not. And yeah. Uh, yeah, if you just drag it out, drag it out, drag it out, then people grow tired of it eventually. That's a total. That's a, that's a, now that we've had three years. That's a Tony Khan trope for sure. Which is he is he he. I think he sat under the Gabe tree of you can just drag everything out as long as humanly possible. You know, uh, sometimes that's great, and sometimes it's not great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll see where they land on Hater. I think it's you know I wouldn't I wouldn't do it tomorrow, but I think I think sooner rather than later because I think the Baker Act 
it's kind of like we've, we've seen we've seen it now because i remember actually i was watching with Brona and she asked what's the deal with the crutch and i was like oh she was injured like two years ago and they're doing the classic wrestling thing of having the prop mm-hmm. for a year and i'm like but it's been like years yeah. you know it was empty arena jacksonville when she started doing that so i'm like let's let's move on you know yeah i feel like we need to start having more story to the women's uh, totally I, I, I've seen that criticism online. I, I, will, I will echo it. Um, there has to be more than there's a match. The champion stands on the top of the stage. Totally. To the back. Like, what is the story? <laughs> you know, let's have something aside from they're good wrestlers and there's a belt at stake. Let's have some personal... Uh, let's do some fucking work shoots with the women for <laughs> Let's have something for us to. <laughs> I think Thunder Rose has already been doing that. Ah, well, yeah. I thought, well, not work shoots in the sense of shoot working works. themselves into a shoot. Yeah. Um, let's just have something, some story or some history to it where they can, you know, even the old uh, back when she was a kid, something mm. more than nothing, which is what we're getting. Um, I like the Eddie Kingston thing as well that he's gone crazy uh he was interviewed by renee and he was uh pretending that everything's fine but obviously everything is yeah so he's like he's like he's like cracking up cracking up a little bit i'm interested to see what that manifests itself as when it finally explodes and then we had mox and penta for the title uh it was all right um yeah i was a bit disappointed it was okay. Well, it wasn't um, a main event worthy match, I guess, in the sense that all the undercard matches were better, and then you kind of ended on the weakest one. Uh, but you know, it was it was fine. I've I've seen much worse from both. Um, and then we had obviously the the angle we mentioned where the firm came out despite having been told earlier not to touch Moxley. They beat him up, and MJF came out and they beat him up, threw him through the table. So we'll see. That was dynamite. I didn't see Rampage. What was the what was the story? Rampage. Uh, well, they did that segment again. As I they mentioned, they did that segment already. again. Okay. Um. They they brought Madison Rain out again. I saw. Yeah. Uh, Madison Rain and Ty Mello, uh, had a nine minute twenty three match oh, that felt like it was nineteen twenty three. Uh, it went on forever. <laughs> it was oh. all right, but it was so long. It wasn't all right. It was boring. Let's let's. It was boring. It wasn't like outright bad. Like yeah. No, I think they're both. They're both like the thing about Madison Rain is like she's that level of like she's not bad, but like she's she's that kind of like the you know this can be a compliment or an insult. She's like the solid veteran hand, and in her case, it's kind of more on the kind of side of she'll go out there and just have the most functional match. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, but I, I would like her to have some character, and this is again totally, totally. What's her character? She's the coach, and this like, is I a, liked when she was the queen in TNA or whatever. Yeah, was. And, she was the queen? and this is a double-barreled criticism of Tony Khan because a, um, uh, you know, not not fleshing out the characters in the women's division, and b sticking these people on Rampage. What happened to the we're we're gonna gin up Rampage a bit more? Uh, uh, talk. I mean, Jesus Christ! Once you get the elite back, fucking stick some of them on this show. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. crazy. 
Well, we had this was live. This was a live rampage, not a pre-tape. We okay. had Moxley again in action against um, one of my personal favorites, uh, Daddy Magic Matt. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, went shorter than the uh, Madison Rain match. Okay, <laughs> and then you had uh, Stokely and Lee Moriarty come out and do a promo to challenge Moxley for a match of dynamite. Now, let me tell you, when I was complaining about. Wheeler Yuta's promo was the last day. Um, Wheeler Yuta is like Marlon Brando compared to Moriarty, I'm afraid. Why did they have Moriarty do What's the point of... Surely Stokely should just do it. Stokely's great. Why? They not only they... did that, but they cut to a video oh. interview with Moriarty while he stood on the stage with his arms folded, nodding. And they kept showing him during the free tape. Oh, God. And the free tape wasn't good. <laughs> so what was the point of... It was like a layer cake of mediocrity also it's very um, funny that they've done away with the rankings now Barry speaking of Go rankings and that do you agree with me that it's just been too long since the last AW tournament and it's time for yeah another. I saw people tweeting about this but I didn't see what it was about what what is the tournament for the title match uh, of what wait just random just a title match yeah AW world title eliminator tournament for even though what? Penta and Matt Menard get world title eliminator matches without having to win a tournament. Yeah, Penta, Daddy Magic, and Lee Moriarty. And they have a challenger for the next pay-per-view, but they're doing a tournament for what? Presumably like New Year's Smash or something like that. It's for Winter is Coming. Oh, Winter is Coming. Okay. So it is specifically for the big I mean, they, they try and make that a big show, but oh my God. Tournament. It was the first year. It was the oh. f- And it was the first two years, I would say. Yeah. I mean... Sting, Sting debuted and you had Omega with the belt. They, they were... Yeah, that was big. Uh, I, I remember last year's one being fairly. Who's in the tournament? Uh, well, there's only two people announced. Go on, <laughs> Ethan Page and Dante Martin. <laughs> I don't think either of them are going to win it. No, and I, I let me. I mean, I know AEW hasn't published them, but let me let me check my rankings that I've been keeping. Um, Dante Martin hasn't won since um, uh, the Clinton regime. I'm very <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, you know, I think that's because it's funny because you can do. I like these little eliminator matches, especially with a babyface champion like Moxley. You know, he should be fighting. He should be fighting anyone because he loves a scrap. But like in 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 one week to have him face Daddy Magic and Lee Moriarty, and you're doing a tournament with Dante Martin and Ethan Page, it's like, okay, do you have a credible challenger? I mean, I get, I get, yeah. I mean, MJF, I guess. But like, come on, um, like let's let's yeah. let's, let's let's. I mean, Jesus, um, yeah, that's mad. Another tournament, yeah. Uh, Keith Lee was in action against Serpentico. That sounds Four, fun. Fourteen seconds of fun. Fourteen seconds. One move. And then this is where we had the swerve goodness of the week. Oh yes, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Where he's a he's an amateur horror director. He's a, he's a right little Eli Roth. <laughs> um. So he uh, he had Billy Gunn tied up to a chair, pulled out a. Uh, garden shears i suppose you would call it yeah and he said he's gonna he's gonna attack little billy gun's little scissoring fingers uh, and apparently dynamite's supposed to be the billy gun birthday bash or whatever with lots of scissoring but he's gonna have his hands he, he needs to come out with a giant bandage like comically big band. <laughs> have, it, have, it, have it in the old vader yeah. hands so he can still edward well, bandage ideally hands. actually two two giant bandages and he's like yeah 
Can't do it on my birthday. It's the worst birthday ever. I like. I thought this was kind of like stupid, but at least. But fun. it was good, stupid. But at least like good. interesting and fun and different. It was. Do you know what it reminded me of? It was Lucha Underground? Ah, uh, yes. Ooh. It was like a Lucha Underground segment. Maybe we're getting a Lucha Underground invasion. Yeah, it was so yeah. freaking awesome. Uh, and they made it clear that uh, Keith Lee did not know and was not involved in the attack. <laughs> he did a wonderful face. Like. He looked very uh, solemn, shocked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and then the main event was Wardlow against, and let me clarify who Wardlow was against here, right? Because I have not seen much of this man previous to this. Um, but Matt Taven is the biggest geek (laughs) I've I've ever seen. He's got little gloves on. He's got... It looks like he went to the hairdresser and said, can you do me half Shinsuke Nakamura or half Kenny Omega, please? Okay, sounds like a legend so far. I don't know what your problem is. No, 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 no. I... People, not as good as either. He's, Matt Taven is, is, is okay, you know, bell to bell. But you know what? If someone asked me before this podcast, they said, what do you think Paul will make of Matt Taven? I, was like, I, I can't think of a wrestler he would like less than Matt Taven, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, I, I think what summed it up was when he was being introduced, I don't know if you caught this, Joe. Uh, I think it was Dasha on, on Ring Announcing Judies. She announced him as coming to the ring, weighing whatever he weighs. Uh, it wasn't an Orange Cassidy uh, slide entrance. She said what She said what he weighed. Yeah, 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 I get you. I get weighing you. whatever. He is and calls himself the trend. <laughs> it's like, was that a mistake? Or Wait, is he or is he not? Come on. He, yeah, well, if he is, then he's, he's not calling himself that. He is that. I think that sounds like a mess up, I would say. <laughs> but that's what he was announced as. He is oh. and calls himself the trend. Yeah, look, I, he's he's another one. He's also had the cloud over his head for the last like three years because people people pin the big Ring of Honor MSG bomb on him. Mm-hmm. The fact that like the the co promoted show and it wasn't his fault, but like the <laughs> everything like it was Ring of Honor New Japan and everything New Japan was good to great and everything Ring of Honor was shit, including him, <laughs> including him winning the title on what people thought would be the coronation of uh, Redacted. Uh, but redacted did right. not uh, uh, win that that night, and no. I don't I don't imagine he'll be getting his Ring of Honor title anytime uh, in the near future. But like it's like he's like a he's he's another kind of like really rock solid you know guy to have. But I I can't give him too much of a hard sell because yeah he's I, I don't know if he's someone you'll be rooting for over the Wardlow and his big no. pecs. And let me let me just clarify as well. I'm being extremely harsh here. I don't want to say he's the biggest geek I've ever seen. I, I, will, I, I will redact that myself. I'll take that back. But first impressions are very important, and it wasn't a great first impression. Yeah. His, his gear and his, the way he carries himself and, and his entrance and the, everything didn't scream star to me yeah. or, or watch this guy. You know? Um, Wardlow, anyway, proceeded to beat the fuck out of him. This match, him was, the- terrible. This match was worse than the women's match. <laughs> Well, it was more boring. I thought it was even more boring. It was Wardlow selling for like for little Matt Haven for a lot of six or seven minutes before he hulked up. Um, Now, luckily, this rampage had a better show closer than Dynamite had. Go on, 
because um, Wardlow was after winning the match was attacked by uh, Mike Bennett, and so we had the run in we get every week on Rampage when Samoa Joe came out to make the save, um, and so with Samoa Joe and uh, Wardlow starting to make their comeback, the Embassy attacked with Brian Cage and the other two fellas, uh, Lunga Lobo and Borco, right? They started beating up. And then, what's this I'm hearing? Powerhouse. And out comes Powerhouse Hobbs, and I'm jumping up and down going, yes! Geeks are fighting in the ring, but here comes a a fucking star, finally. Mm -hmm. Powerhouse Hobbs come out, and he's he 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 beats up Wardlow and Joe, gives uh, Wardlow the big spine buster of death, holds up the TNT title, and I, I'm saying, lads, TNT title is back because <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs wants it. Hell yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow is already the best TNT title uh, potential feud since like the Miro days. This is the shot in the arm that needed. So apparently he's aligned with Prince Nana's group now. I'm not sure if he is or not. But it's, yeah. and Brian Cage, I saw, people, I saw people pondering if that was just he came out if he wants the TNT yeah, title and they were there. He did come out with them. He came out separately to them. Just to clarify. I don't think he needs to be in another group after just no. breaking away from a group. I think, I think it's more so that he's going after the TNT yeah, title and yeah. or, and Brian Cage is going after the, the Ring of Honor TV title. It was like okay, so that's the. Uh, I think we need to stop doing Warjo for a while anyway. No, what are you talking about? Warjo's great. Come on. Yeah, now. but we haven't had a TNT title match in about three months now because eh, he's doing his attack to Yeah, they're just being... Just, Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs, big lads slapping meat. No, that would yes. be great. Of yes, course. Yeah. Um, all right. I like it that, it, I like it that it's, it's a, a, an equal to Wardlow because everything to this point has been Wardlow just beating people. Right. Well, presented weaker than him so now Hobbs can be that equal that he could believably lose to you know yeah so uh, that's the uh, the wrestling for the week yes. uh, we will jump in to the movie films very nice um, I will talk about I suppose uh, uh, the new release and the non spooky film I watched and then we can get on to the, uh, the spooktacular mm-hmm uh, just uh, a few hours ago, I saw The Banshees of Innis Sheeran, the new uh, Martin McDonough film with Colin Farrell and um, uh, Brendan Gleeson. And it was, I mean, it was fabulous. It was fantastic. It was uh, probably my favorite film of the year so far. Um, uh, yeah, it's great. I, I don't have too much else to say about it that people haven't already said. It's, it's, it's got all the things you would like out of a Martin McDonough film, but it's also way different from the ones I've seen as well. It's, it's, um, because he was kind of before he got into he was like a playwright, and this is one of those films that's a little bit kind of like it feels a bit like it had it had roots as a play. Maybe it was yes. at one stage. Um, but it's so 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 fantastic. It's a great kind of uh, pondering about you know kind of Irish men, and it's 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 and the culture and and just two great performances at the center of it. Three great, no, all great performances. I was going to start adding numbers. That they're all, literally all the central characters are phenomenal. Uh, probably, I think maybe my favorite thing I've ever seen Colin Farrell in. I mean, he is fantastic wow. in this. He is given, this is a career performance for him, I think. It's very nuanced. It's got a lot going on. It's, it's, it's a character that's kind of dull by nature, but he does a lot with it. 
Um, right. uh, and obviously, you know, Brendan Gleeson's been phenomenal in, in, in more or less everything he's been in. And uh, Barry Keown is 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 fantastic. Haven't haven't been blown away by anything I've seen Barry Keown in up until up until this, which in which he was fantastic. Um, so yes, all the praise is justified. Go see um, uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. Um, but uh, we got to bring back a, a classic feature that we haven't done for a few weeks, a few months maybe at this stage, which is me griping about the cinema. Um, oh dear, I haven't, haven't been to the cinema too much lately because of everything you know house related. And actually, the last couple of times I went, it was like fine, not not too many arseholes in there, just all right. You know what I mean? And no arseholes this time. I will say it was a packed cinema; it was almost sold out. Um, but everyone was on best behavior. Uh, but we were walking in, we we purchased our tickets, we procured our snacks, we were on our way, and we got to the door of the theater itself, specifically the room where they were showing the film, and they had a, a printed a little printout uh, on the door um, saying, apologies for any inconvenience, we'll be leaving the lights on for this film. And keep in mind, and the film actually started, we were running a little bit late, We did so we the trailers were already ongoing, we didn't miss any of the actual film, 20, 20 minutes trailers, you know yourself. Um, and I was like, what? I was like, if I'd known, if they'd put this on the website, I wouldn't have come here because that's like terrible. And there was no reason. It didn't say, oh, technical issue. It didn't say security. It's just like, apologies, the the lights will be on in this theater. And I was like, okay. And so we go in and we sit down and they play the traders and the lights go off as they typically do when you're when you're watching a film. They put the age rating on and then the, the credits start rolling on the on, on the opening of the film and the lights come back up and then they remained on for the totality of the film. And there's a, a lot of the film is in the dark. It's in the darkness of night in the Irish countryside or a little old fucking 1920s village uh, or a cottage, I should say. And it was really dark. It was fucking hard to see what was going on. I, I It's not that I wasn't able to decipher it. I was able to watch the film and, and still enjoy it and think it was phenomenal. But I was like why like what the fuck possible reason could there be when i saw them turn them off so it wasn't a technical reason i was just like god damn can the cinema just be a nice place you go to fucking watch a film why does it have to always be so complicated this is the same cinema as well where they you know without a sign the the lights have just been left on and once brona had to go and tell a person to turn them off which was great it's the film where they where when we went to the fucking premiere of, of the last Spider-Man film, the top half of the of the screen was cut off because they were fucking running the projector with their arsehole, I have to imagine. Um it's just like <laughs> But God. did you find out what why is the light was left on? No, because I didn't feel like I'm not gonna ask the fucking girl taking the tickets because like what she's not gonna know. I'd ask. Um I was gonna I went looking for an email address on the website and they didn't have one and I gave up. I was like, I don't care mm. enough. It's so it. annoying, but it's like this is the cinema we go to because it's like per capita. In my experiences, it has the least amount of our souls in there. Like right. I have a ranking in my head of which ones have the worst attendees generally, and it's like, but, but it's also the one where there's where there's constantly projection issues or the lights are being left on. Or it's like, God fucking damn! Like, why does it have to be so hard? I want to be a guy who loves the cinema and goes to the cinema and tells people to go to the cinema, but now it's yeah. just kind of like increasingly in this age. Where it would stuff like Halloween Kills, you know, which bad example, fucking shite film, but like it's like <laughs> it's like it's online straight away on Peacock, so I can grab a 1080p version of it. I have a nice TV now, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna watch this stuff at home because it's like the irony is that the pirated version is better than the fucking projection sometimes, and there's no lights and there's no fucking people talking, and it's just like I just don't, I just I want to love the cinema, but it's just like. I find myself trying to figure out the reasons why I like it, and they're getting increasingly short um, uh, every time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So yeah, there's my rant. 
about the fucking cinema. But yes, the Banshees of Inishirin is great. Go see it in a cinema you like that you know will turn off the lights would be my my recommendation. I think I will see that maybe this week. Um, yeah, so that's that. On to the, the spooky films. A couple of rewatches here. Uh, rewatch Your Next. Uh, your Next is great fun. Um, uh, I wish... Adam Wingard would make something fun again. Um, <laughs> he seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth after that Blair Witch movie. Uh, oh, he made uh, Kong Godzilla. Oh. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I reiterate my I wish he would make something fun. Um, oh, uh, you ass, oh, man. No, no. 20, <laughs> 20% fights, 80% talking. <laughs> in the fucking Barry, bin with you, Wingard. Do you, do you not remember? Doors hate us. One of the all-time great screenplay oh, moments. Wingard, you little... Uh, no, I, no, Godzilla Kong is, is... I will even change the percentages of what you said. I would say Godzilla Kong is 60% utter shit. Yeah. 40% Godzilla fights a big monkey and it's fun. I think I, think I came around mostly... Po- I think I was like a solid three stars on that movie it's, when it was all It is a solid done. three. It's no more it, than that. It's, but it's like that and Blair Witch. I'm like, hey, man. Your next is fucking cool. You know what you should do? Make another fucking movie like that one where yeah. it's super simple. Because the other thing is with that is like you write the premise of that movie down. It's so straightforward. There's no. It's literally all in the flourishes of how he, it's executed. That movie's great. He did that Death Note Netflix movie as well. That sucked. Oh man! But oh, he did do the guest, which is great. Which is great. So. I actually know some people who defend that that death. Mode. I didn't see it. I so I it was I dreadful. It. it was. Dreadful. I know. It, I think it has a little bit of a cult following. I think. Uh, anyway, dreadful. your next your next is great, featuring uh, that lady out of Home and Away. Um, she's very good in it. Um, <laughs> uh, also on the rewatch, I, I haven't watched this in fucking. I think I haven't watched this since I saw it when I was a teenager. I rewatched Evil Dead Two, which is. Like, still, even by 2022 standards, we've always seen, it's one of the most bananas films you will possibly watch. They redo the entire story of the first film in the first, like, legitimately 10 minutes. Like, not exaggerating. It's like, Ash is in the car with his girlfriend. Oh, they get the cabin. What's this weird book? Oh, my God, you're a zombie now. I have to knock your head off. Oh, I've buried you. Oh, you've jumped out of the grave. Oh, shit, what's happening? And then there's still 100 minutes of film to go um after that like it's great it's so great it's so completely off the wall it is it is example a one of the horror comedy two sides of the same coin uh, um dichotomy oh it's great bruce campbell going absolutely mental for for 90 minutes um yeah love evil I dead need, i need to add the evil deads to next year's halloween i've never seen either one I think you'll love to. I've never seen Army of Darkness, which I, which people yeah. say is great as well. And actually, it like, so Evil, spoilers, uh, Evil Dead 2 ends on a kind of, we're making a sequel. It's going to be Army of Darkness uh, moment. Um, they are, they are completely, they are, it's a very wacky series because like Evil Dead 1 has its comedy, but it's a bit more of a straight um, horror uh there's there's tons of over the top practical effects in both of them, but but in the first one they're kind of a little bit more kind of gnarly and supposed to be gross, and there's like a really famous practical effect shot where someone gets like stabbed in the like Achilles heel uh, with like a pencil. It's really grotesque. Whereas Evil Dead Two is a bit more kind of like sticking the girlfriend's head in a vice and chainsawing it in the most ridiculous fashion possible. But yeah, I think I think you like two. One is a little bit more kind of. It, it's they're just fascinating movies and the the, the, the other really fun thing to, re, to realize is that they made one with no budget two 
is a perfect balance of they had more money, but it still totally feels like a grimy indie. Uh, we worked our ass off to make this movie exist project. And also um, two, it's, it's funny that they call it two because they basically like, okay, we got a budget. We're remaking the first film, but better is, is mm. what is what we're doing with two. Cause it's like same character, same setting, but they don't acknowledge anything from, from the film that they call one. Anyway, that's evil dead Two. definitely stick it on the, the list. Um, don't stick these on the list. Uh, Paranormal activity two and three, uh, two absolutely dreadful, um, just everything you hate about about found footage, which is absolutely nothing happens at all. Tons of terrible logic to justify the fact that they're filming themselves all the time. Uh, jump scares, not even that many of them. Like there is nothing in Paranormal Activity do. It's so fucking boring. Uh, Paranormal Activity three. I I came in halfway through Brona watching it, and I was like, I'll I'll just fucking watch this anyway. So I I. It seemed like it had a couple more ideas, but it's still the exact same thing. It's the exact same premise. Also, what's great about 3 is that it's technically a prequel. It's set in 1988, but it's the same thing of, like, they've got uh, security cameras in 4K and uh, handheld cameras in, in... It's, like, the least amount of effort you've ever seen into making a film look like it was, quote-unquote, found footage from 1988. So you right. might get a laugh just rebooting it up on Paramount Plus and going, oh, they're saying this is a found footage film from 1988. Genuinely hilarious. Um, but, you know, uh, both both terrible. First one, terrible also. Uh, pleasantly surprising was also on Paramount Plus was Scream 2022. It was time for the Scream franchise to have it just use the basic original name moment for their fifth fifth film. Yeah, fifth film. Yeah, Uh, It's kind of weird on Paramount Plus as well because they have all of them, but except for four, because four was like a Netflix exclusive thing. So they have one, two, three, and five. um, And they don't have the television series, which is also a Netflix thing. Uh, uh, This was also the first one they made after the passing of Wes Craven. And it's very weird because I'll say this and it'll sound like an insult, but it is a movie that doesn't so much homage Wes Craven so much as it feels like they were like trying to trick people into thinking he's still alive. (laughs) It's homage to the point of being, if it was something other than the Scream franchise, you would accuse it of plagiarism. Like it's really, really good. But the flip side of it is, to my surprise, like it's like a really good imitation of a very good director. So it's good. It's like a good film. It's like, if you didn't know he'd passed away and there's, there's a big tribute to him at the end of it, you would think, Oh, he made another very fun. One of these, um, really good. Um, scream might be like one of the more consistent franchises in all of horror. It's like, it, it, it goes down a little bit with each entry, but they're still all perfectly watchable. And then five is actually a little bit of a go back up. The, the, the graph goes back up with five, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, has all the usual meta kind of commentary stuff. They have their little jabs and 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 references to like elevated horror, quote unquote. You know <laughs> your 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 hereditaries and the like, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, good stuff. I very pleasantly surprised by that one, and also pleasantly surprised by I watched the 2017 Terrifier film. Uh, I watched uh, All Hallows Eve last week and talked about it. This is the uh, uh, the follow up to that film. Again, written and directed by by Damien Leone, who did a the vast majority of the special effects in this one terrifier is great uh again kind of like what we were talking about with evil dead compared to all hallows eve terrifier feels like more of an actual film that had a, a little bit of money but it's got that little sweet spot where it still looks like 
B-movie shite. You know, it's it's right. but charmingly so. You've never seen a film with such disregard for a story. It's literally just kind of these two girls are out on Halloween. They bump into a scary clown, and that then then the scary clown is tormenting them. And and it's the story is just a vehicle for how do we get to all these insanely gory practical effects uh, um, high spots. And they are, it is like legitimately fantastic. I think the movie has a lot of B movie charm. You're kind of laughing at it a lot, but like the practical effects are like phenomenal in this film. They are honestly so, so good. And they're obviously very, very creative. There's a, there's a, there's an infamous kill halfway through the film that you would honestly have to see to believe. And I think it would, I think it'd be best to go in cold if anyone wants to watch this movie. Anyone who has seen it, I'll just say it's the hacksaw scene. Um, uh, it's so preposterous. Oh. Um, uh, but in, in a great way. And I think also, like, while Leon's vibe seems to be kind of, I'm just going to write this screenplay in a half hour to get, to get me from A to B to C for all my kills, there is a little bit of tension to it. The movie is not completely bereft of anything besides kills. It's got a little bit of tension. Arthur Clown is a very scary character. There's some genuinely creepy shots before the mayhem kicks off. I I had a blast with Terrifier, and I can't wait to watch uh, 2, which came out this year. Uh, and stars Chris Jericho, as discussed last week, or in, in, in some capacity. I don't know what he's in. But uh, yes, if you are if you are a fan of of, of of the gories and, and of um, of practical effects, which obviously gets more impressive as time goes on and becomes less done, um, uh, I think the original Terrifier is uh, is great crack altogether, um, and I think that's it for me. That's it for me. I'll on the, on the be watching that. Terrifier will not be getting added to the. Uh, no, the I I don't. Th- Although you never know. Maybe you'll watch Evil Dead Two, and that can be a little gate a, a little gateway, gateway uh, uh, to it. I mean, it's 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 absolutely disgusting in a great way. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. Let's maybe, maybe two Halloweens a time. Let's see where you are next year, and then we'll we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, what have you been watching this week? Uh, well, I had a little Vampire Day. Bleh. Uh Yesterday, I watched two vampire movies. I watched uh, one. What? Not even in English. And that what? Oh. Let the right, let the right one in. Uh, a Swedish language movie, uh, which is. Uh, well, you know, Watch for Halloween, I would say, is not um, re- even really a horror movie. Let the Right One In is definitely more of a romance movie told within the framework of uh, a world in which vampires exist. Uh, and it, it's a, it's kind of a, a, a blossoming childhood into teenage years, adulthood story told alongside with this ro- romance between these two young adults i guess you say like 12 13 year old uh performances are 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 very good uh good little subversion in that uh the main child who is not of the vampiric persuasion yeah has the classic uh white bowl cut hair (laughs) and so you're immediately suspicious of them because hey that kid's got the freaky hair that the kids have in you know village of the damned or whatever um but no i thought it was um very sweet actually Mm. um obviously there are moments in there of uh you know bloodiness and Mm. that i don't think it's ever particularly gory a lot of the um the blood taking is kind of done in in an obscured way 
but um i quite i quite enjoyed the 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 more kind of tender aspects of it the little development of the relationship between these two isolated characters because you have on one hand the the boy who's bullied at school and is kind of an outcast anyway and then you have the girl who who for her own reasons is similarly isolated and they kind of find in each other something that they're missing and yeah i thought it was uh, a very nice little story reminded mm. me a bit of kind of maybe something along the lines of a, a moonrise kingdom kind of movie but obviously told in a very unique way uh which is again uh, along with other things i've mentioned in recent weeks which i won't specifically mention for fear of spoiling another uh very interesting way of taking something like vampires and applying that to a movie in a way that's that's unique and not typical of what you might expect from vampire movies uh so yeah i quite quite enjoyed i know it was remade in english uh, yes matt reeves directed let me in mm. uh, chloe grace Moretz. yes mm, great. which is apparently like one of those movies that's so close to the original they kind of why even make it you know yeah literally yeah yeah just but, uh, um, scene for scene i thought it was very very good i liked how it was shot as well uh reminded me of I wonder if there was kind of a Korean influence because it did remind me visually of movies like Memories of Murder and stuff along those lines. But I give it a, a thumbs up. I thought it was very, uh, a very nice surprise and, and a good mood piece in among watching uh, movies like Poltergeist uh, for, for a straight month to have a movie that was something a little hmm. bit different. Uh, and then I followed that up with The Lost Boys, which ah, was... Young Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, Young Kiefer Sutherland, uh, very much the movie that kickstarted the uh, vampires are sex- sexy, actually, yes. uh, trend. Um, really uh, influential in that regard. i got to say, as a movie, eh. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of okay, I guess. Um, very middle of the road. I just felt like they had really developed the look and feel of the vampires and the vampire uh, aesthetic and what would, you know, many uh bands that you know skateboarders would be into uh it obviously influenced a lot of that scene but aside from that the movie doesn't really have a lot going for it yeah um, it feels like there's not a lot of meat on those bones to me they just establish hey there's you know vampires and they're a bit annoying and they come into your shop and knock over a stall of toilet roll or whatever <laughs> and they go oh fuck you and they smoke a cigarette just a bunch of lads basically uh, and then there's like um cory feldman and his mates again a kind of undercooked goonies kind of feeling where they're like vampire hunters who got to kill the vampires and a lot of that stuff happens but there's no reason for any of it happening and then it just kind of ends yeah um so i wasn't massively impressed i will say it was nice to see the the grandfather from Gilmore Girls show up in it. Oh, which yeah, was a nice, nice little surprise. Mm. He's the 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 man that the the recently divorced mother mm. meets and starts a relationship with. So that was nice to see him show up. Uh, the vampires, I gotta say, look, they were they were. If you if you if your uh, brief was sexy vampires, they nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, absolutely nailed it. Um, but yeah, otherwise. A, two, a solid, solid two and a half star movie. I don't think any more than that. I was, I was a bit bored. To be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Okay, and now we come to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. The, re- the rematch for the ages. 
This is what the people want to hear. So, unlike CM Punk, (laughs) I am a man who can stand here in front of the world and say, I was wrong. This happened a few weeks ago when uh, I, I, on this very show, uh, was saying, you know, Christian Cage in AEW, he's not doing it for me. And Barry said, no, 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 Christian Cage, it's, it's going to come good. And the next week when he did his heel turn and he was setting the world on fire, I came on here and I said, Barry, you were right and I was wrong. <laughs> and so I come to you all again today uh, to say that I have watched once again uh, The Witch... 2015 uh, Eggers. We love a bit of Eggers in here. Mm. I love the lighthouse. I watched The Witch, a movie that I saw in the cinema and did not like at all. Yes, you were very I, I, I gave it a half a star review on Letterboxd. Yes, it is very funny right. how much you disliked it. It was, it was. But that, yeah. but that was honest. That, that, that was, no, that, no, that wasn't yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. You were certain. Honestly, nothing, I didn't like the performances in it. I didn't feel like it was spooky or tense. Uh, I didn't like the conclusion. Uh, I laughed out loud in cinema at bits of it. <laughs> I bet you Sat were down with, to watch that movie with. I, I'm sure I wasn't. <laughs> but but I, I, the movie wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, a pleasure for me to enjoy at the mm. time. But I gave, it a se- I gave it a second chance. Or maybe the movie gave me a second chance. Oh, oh. Very, very wise. So, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I really enjoyed The Lighthouse. My, my favorite movie of that year, The Lighthouse. So I went from a, a, a 1 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 on the next movie. Uh, I still haven't seen The Northman. But based on how much I enjoyed The Lighthouse, I said, okay, let's give it, at some point, we'll give it another watch. Uh, and that time was this week. I finally sat down in front of The Witch for the second time. And I was wrong. <laughs> it's great. I th- it was a very odd experience watching it because... I knew already every beat of the movie. It's not a very long movie, so there's not a huge amount in it. I knew the 90 minutes. I knew basically all the story beats. And yet, the experience of watching was very different in that it just felt like everything kind of clicked at once. Um, I didn't have a problem with any of the performances in it. I didn't have a problem with any of the story beats in it. I, I, I understood suddenly the tension and what it was doing. Uh, loved the conclusion. <laughs> Loved yeah. how everything paid off. Um, I will say, not not quite a ten for me. I still prefer, I think, the lighthouse of the two. Yeah, I just like the the weirdness and the tone of the lighthouse and the performance of the lighthouse with um, Robert Pattinson and uh, uh, Defoe. I, I I just prefer that style. But um, look, sometimes you you can give something a second chance and feel a different way about it. And that's why, you know, don't ever uh, quote someone uh, what they said on Twitter once six years ago, because you can change your mind about things. Yes. You can uh, reconsider your opinions. And so I was I was very happy to give The Witch uh, a, a four and a half star review on Letterboxd. And I think, I think my review simply says, I was wrong. <laughs> and I've never been so happy to, to be wrong about a movie. Well, um, good. Yeah. Now, that being said... I will not be giving Gone Girl or The Raid 2 a rewatch because I'm certain in my 
uh, opinions on those movies. Mm, as you were certain they, about the witch, I was. Uh, and they all came out in the same year, didn't they? This is all twenty sixteen. This all happened. Uh, well, which was twenty fifteen. Okay. Gone Three. Girl, I think, was twenty fourteen. Okay. And the raid might have been twenty sixteen. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were uh, just wrong in the mid twenty tens. Possibly, I don't know because. Well, I will say. Definitely something to consider for these movies is is the mindset, the mood, the timing of watching them, you know? Yeah. Um, the Witch was one that I went with um, Natty's family. We all went to see it. So maybe it was just kind of a happy day. We had some food before. Hey, we go to the cinema, see a movie. Da, da. And this time was in the midst of watching horror movies, you know, picking up things from horror movies that came out previously and noting kind of trends and really... I don't want to come off wanky or whatever, but like really watching the movies and like getting into them and then come sit down and watch the witch, turn the lights off, close the curtains and phone away. And I just watched the movie for an hour and a half and it was the, the way to watch it. I think it was re- really enjoyable. So there you go. You, you've, you'll never hear me say this again, but I, I was for the, the final time wrong. There you have it. Very big there of you. you. I mean, look, it's it's not big of me. The movie's great. I was just fucking an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) It's, but I think, I think watching the lighthouse and enjoying the lighthouse was in itself kind of a gateway to appreciate the witch more. I'm interested to see what you make of the Northman. I was, I was pretty, I have it on DVD, I have it on DVD up there. The Northman, you already, already. Okay. I own it. Yeah, I, I when I went to uh, Italy on my holidays a few weeks ago, I one of my things I always do when I go abroad is I always buy a Blu-ray. So some of my Blu-rays are randomly in Spanish, German, yeah. Italian, French. Um, but there's no fucking good Blu-rays in Italy. They only sell the Avengers movies. Ah, any shop and it's just. Uh, Eternals, nine hundred copies of the Eternals on Blu-ray, and then. <laughs> Some shit. That know? is that is annoying because it's like well, I have, there's a shop in Limerick that's the exact same way, teeny tiny Blu-ray section, and half of them are like the the phase box sets, the MCU phases. I'm like, these are the most fucking easy to watch films in the world. You can't be serious. Anyway, um, so I, did, I picked up the Northman and I picked up Michael Bay's. Uh, I think it's Michael Bay Ambulance. Oh yes, Ambulance. Yeah. yeah, so I have both of those up there, but obviously they're waiting for me to watch my horror movies, so we'll get to them shortly. Uh, Joe, no movies this week? No, nothing noticeable. I'm watching a few horrors tomorrow on the, uh, the special day itself. On the day. going to watch um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I've never seen. Oh, very yeah. The, the kind of precursor to Scream. I was looking very forward to that. Very interesting. Yes. Do you have anything, anything else notable planned? Um, well, Michelle doesn't really like horror, so we're going to watch some slightly less scary movies like potentially ready or not the um ah oh, it's great movie with a uh, young lady being playing a very uh, sadistic game of hide and seek so, yeah i, I would I'm say in, in that ilk i would say your next is great it's not especially mm. spooky now i'll be off work tomorrow so i wonder if i still have two movies on my list that i didn't watch um but i wonder if i might have time to give uh the old Cabin in the Woods, another spin. Ah, yes. Ooh. Actually, I haven't watched Cabin in the Woods in a couple of years after we watched it 10 million times <laughs> and did I mean, a commentary on it as well. It's great. Oh, it's, it's great. great. Okay. Enjoy those. But yeah, I still have to watch Rosemary's Baby. Mm. And apparently, I had one recommended it to me 
recommended to me, excuse me, uh, which is on Disney Plus. It's a new 2022 movie called The Empty Man. Yes. Which is apparently very good. So I'm going into that. I'm going to watch that tomorrow. I'm interested what you make of it. I don't know if that's, if that's a you film. It is a bit... See. It's a cult thing for sure. It's pretty divisive. It's kind of long, which is a bit of a shame. I, I didn't yeah, love we'll the length see. of it. But yeah, I'm interested to hear what you think because it's, it's an interesting film for sure. Mm. Um, uh, we'll jump over to television there. Um, I finally started The Bear, which I believe Joe was talked about on this mm-hmm. uh, podcast uh, beforehand. That is on Disney over here. Uh, good. Very much enjoying that. Three episodes in. Good stuff. Very tense. Uh, um, it's kind of interesting to see that so frequently depicted in reality tv but uh, the the hectic kitchen environment parlayed into a sort of comedy drama Uh, very much enjoying that very much enjoying that and and it's done for kind of tension sake but also the the boom 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 pace of it means that the episodes just fly because there's always shit's always going on you know it's 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 great um and a great cast on that one too what's another episode of andor i enjoyed it I, i i i'm kind of i'm not bowled over by it just yet now i have only seen two episodes and it seems like it is going super deliberate pace and super character driven and so even though i'm not bowled away by it i was watching the second episode i was going like this is so not like any of the other star wars shit they've done so even though i'm not loving it yet i'm kind of enjoying what they're doing because it's like there's just kind of like there's like three characters just having a little bit of kind of interpersonal drama moving around in sets that look really fucking great and are star warsy but there's not fucking no one's pulling out a lightsaber and and it's like uh, the jedi you know of the jedi mm. i haven't heard that in many years let me pull my drink towards me with the force you know it's just kind of like they're finally striking that balance of doing something in that universe but not wanking off the fucking universe that we've already seen um so yeah i, I i'm kind of interested to see how it picks up people were so superlative about it um but uh it's 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 enjoyable i i i'm, I'm enjoying what i've seen so far i'm kind of wait i'm waiting for the big hook which i haven't quite gotten yet but right. Yeah, Andor, solid stuff. And it looks great. It is a great-looking TV show. Um, yeah, that's that's telly for me this week. Uh, well, I finished watching Beavis and Butthead Season 2. Oh. <laughs> I'll give, I'm going to give that a, a little break now. Okay. Because I watched a lot of it. Um, so I have a few seasons that are kind of on pause now. Taskmaster, Beavis and Butthead. Um. But I did watch uh, the first season on all four of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which is uh, based on a web series. I don't know if anybody has seen it. Never heard of this. Uh, it is a uh, take on kind of rainbow or magic roundabout. It's like puppets, basically, mm. or, or people in suits. So I guess. Oh, yes. Yeah, I have seen this advertised. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the first season aired six episodes. Uh, quite enjoyed it. I'll say it's very it's it's like a mix of those pre-mentioned you know magic roundabout or whatever mixed with maybe mighty boosh and a bit of Rick and Morty. So okay. It's like a, a three-way mix of those. So it, it it always starts with they're they're in their little house and someone will come along to sing a song about let's learn about the news and what the news means for you. And then it's so so the framework is that it's this children's show about you know learning like those things are but there's always a very dark often graphic and weirdly violent result and Mm -hmm. they go on little adventures like that little mighty booshes and like i said but uh 
yeah this one episode i thought was a little a little boring i think it was maybe the fourth or the fifth one but overall i thought i thought it was enjoyable i just think that kind of thing works better because the web series they only ever made six of them on on youtube and they're all like in the range of five to nine minutes long and i think that's kind of the perfect length for that kind of bit uh, and of course, with the series, they're all twenty minutes, so it feels a little long for what the idea is. But it was fine. It's only six episodes; you get through it very quickly. Uh, and now that you know we're coming to the uh, end of Halloween, um, I'm not watching actively apart from uh, Succession, which I'm still making my way through. Not watching actively any uh, weekly show. Um, I think it might be time to to break out one of the big guns. Maybe a a wire, a Sopranos, a Mad Men, a oh, Shield, yeah. a Shield, the Shield. Get the ball rolling on one of those. So we'll see. Alrighty, and that's the Telegraph for the week. I'm way behind on Rick and Morty. I don't know. Are you up on Rick and Morty or? Uh, yeah, I'm caught up, but there's no episode for like a month. Oh, are they taking it? Maybe I'm actually not behind then, actually. I, 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 I think they aired six, and it's the next one is on like the end of November. Oh, maybe I think I'm just one behind then. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's our music for the week? Uh, just two. Uh, nothing new. I just re-listened to a few albums that have come out in the last few weeks. So I listened right. to that Ar- Arctic Monkeys album again. <laughs> My feelings haven't really changed that much. Yeah. I think, um, to be fair, Body Paint is like the best song they've put out since AM. Um, but yeah, unlike the witch, my opinion is not massively changed on it. Although I also listened to that new Red Hot uh, Chili Peppers album again. I don't know the name, but the the latest one they put out. Uh, let me let me just quickly yeah the new one. Get the name here. Something with so. California in it. Colored. It's called California. Oh, it's Return of the Dream Canteen to California. Return to California. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. On, mm. on a re-distance. There you go. Um, I remember being a little bit sniffy about it. I know that they they put out those two albums this uh, year that were both an hour 15. Mm. Uh, but on re-distance, I, I enjoy uh, the second one much more than uh, Unlimited Love. I don't know. It's just on, on re-distance, again, like The Witch, something just kind of clicked for me and I, I kind of enjoyed it a lot more. Um, yeah, but nothing, nothing new for me this week. Alrighty. I just got a little uh, little shout out to an artist called Laura Mvula. Uh, I heard one of her songs be on the radio the other day. It's called uh, Got Me. And the DJ described it as very kind of Michael Jackson-esque, which it certainly was. And I, I just really enjoyed that. It was from a, a 2021 album, Pink Noise. Uh, so I listened to some more of her stuff. And her other tracks are quite different. She's a bit, she's kind of R&B, a little bit soul. Okay. Um, I think that song was the most poppy um, that she's done. But uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed her other stuff as well. She also did a song called, uh, what was it called? You Work For Me back in 2015, which I listened to and I was like, God, this sounds just like a Bond song. Maybe she should do a Bond anthem. Uh, I then realized it was from the uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. soundtrack. Aha, okay. So well, it's clearly Guy Ritchie's uh, Bond theme ripoff, so... That was very good, and I could see her doing the real thing at some point. So yeah, yeah, check her, check her out. I think I'm Yeah, well, I'm happy to see um, Griff 
which I gave my like album of the year last year to was just an EP, but it was my favorite thing. Mm. She's about to get a bit of traction now this year. I've, I've seen her pop up in a few uh, festivals and a few the CSP influence. Yeah, no. Griff. So if people people are, are late to the Griff bandwagon. There's still time for you to hop on. There's time Speaking for the of, of really catchy R and B infused pop. The the James Bond people, if you're listening, Laura <laughs> Mvula, get on that. You know. Yep. 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 I mean, I might give that cast list, a bond I'm first, gonna, but you know. bring that up on my Spotify and give that a little mm. spinzy. Uh, we'll jump over to the games. Are you still toiling away in Pokemon Land? I've, I finished it. I oh, finished okay. Pokemon. Never I beat Elite Four. I beat the Elite Four, and you know, I, it, it was like I said last week, very annoying to do so because they they backload that final run with. Uh, not any more difficult, but just uh, they, they, they give them lots and lots of healing abilities, which makes it just a complete drag. So I, I had my strategy laid out, beat it, and I said, you know what? Let's just have a look at the post-game content just to see what's in there. Uh, nope, won't be doing any of that. Thank you very much. No. Delete the game. We'll never play it again. Uh, complete slog. Hated it. Um, worst, easily the worst Pokemon game they've ever put out, at least of the the main line. Yeah, catch all the Pokemon, do the battles and all that shit. Uh, yeah, awful. Uh, would not recommend. Um, and I'm very close to finishing the first Gears of War as well. Okay, uh, me, me and my friend Sean play that co-op. So, ah, uh, yes, the joys of the joys of co-op, both online and if he's over here, we do we do split screen. Uh, right near the end of the game, there's there's five acts and we're halfway through the fifth act, so we're 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 almost there. That final boss uh, is a bastard. I'm just giving you a heads up now. <laughs> well, there's two of us, so hopefully it'll be half uh, as much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll help for sure. But yeah, yes. um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 enjoyable. I'll say it's it's not aged especially well, and a lot of the locations look the same. The same. I was looking through the um, you you can unlock like uh, art galleries, I guess. Yeah. You say uh, they all just look identical. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit of that, um, like Fallout Three ness to it. Mm. Where I mean, at the time, I guess it, it looked great, but the, all the locations just—they were. It was the it was the era of serious game. Uh, you're, you're in the fucking muds and the dirt yeah, and, and gray everywhere. It, it was already that era, and then they became the fucking flag bearer of that style. Like when people want to talk about a gray, muddy game, they talk about Gears of War. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Sure. Although they still do that thing where you're 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 running and you're getting your cover and you're gunning, shooting baddies in the face, and then he'll like put his hand to his ear. And it, it locks your walking speed to like zero. Yeah, the game just stops for a minute while the, this horrible dialogue. It's another another trend that is largely laid at their feet. Actually, is just kind of every game for five, six, seven years after that one had the kind of the walk and talk. Because it's like, oh, you know, just, just do the dialogue and continue to be walking and let you shoot. Like, yeah, why does they do the animation? I hate it. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Anyway, no more Pokemon updates. Thank. Christ. Until the new game comes out in two weeks, which I have pre-ordered. Um, elsewhere in the game, Joe, you have you been enraptured in, 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 in the in the latest mobile uh, craze? I am. I'm down down for a little bit of uh, Marvel Snap, which is uh, if you're not familiar, a kind of card card based turn based game thing, yeah. mobile game. 
um, where you have all the wonderful cast of Marvel characters that you love, oh, know and love. Iron Man, Hulk, Ms. Oh, Marvel, uh, Mr. Lord Fantastic, Lord. Quicksilver, Bongo, Flongo, <laughs> uh, Mr. Shitty, and uh, <laughs> Tits McGee. All of them I was there, trying to think of an lads. Eternals name as a joke. I cannot remember a single fucking Eternals oh, name. Oh, um, Flurgan Machurgan. Yeah, um, uh, Grogon. I loved Grogon. Grogon was good. Um, um, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot of fun. It gives me kind of flashbacks to WWE Supercard. Oh, WWE Supercard! I missed that game. I was obsessed with back in yeah, me too. Numbers, so like 2014, 2015. Unhealthily yeah. so, yeah, because it was such a grinding game. You had to play for sixteen yeah. hours a day to get like the the premium, you know, limited edition cards. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Thank God, thank God we got that wrestling card thing out of our system. <laughs> Uh. So it's similar to that, but actually far, far better because it, whereas that game was literally just grinding, there was no skill or kind of, yeah, no, no ability to it. This actually does require a bit of of thought, a bit of um, of planning of your deck and and when to play cards and things are affected by kind of where and when you play them. So yeah, it's quite a fun game and it's um, quite easy to play and it's not, full of sort of ads and premium stuff you can buy that but it's you can just play as much as you want and enjoy it so yeah quite a fun little game see how long i play this for before i get bored but it's definitely definitely good this this first week excellent i want to i want to get started on that. i haven't stalled i haven't started it yet but i want to get into that um do you think i've put any notable time into this week is i'm still kind of my return to horizon i'm gonna hit that uh, horizon 2 that is for uh, forbidden west and i, I was kind of just playing it for like an hour or two earlier today and i was kind of realized like i am glad i went back to it because i just like that world and i like those yeah. characters and the music and just it, it is great i just, i think it is really unfortunate that it has that very slow first act but now i'm kind of i'm progressing the story a little bit i'm like this this is good like you know i i think it i think it didn't do itself any favors, but I'm glad I, I returned to it. I'll definitely finish it, but uh, I, have, I haven't had a lot of game time this week um, outside of streaming and stuff, so I, yeah. I, I didn't put that much time into it. Um, I did play like 40 minutes of Scorn on stream this week, and I couldn't solve the first puzzle, so I gave up. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I was reading afterwards that people were having similar issues. It's, it's a game... Uh, it's like a, it's like the fake HR Geiger first person horror thing with all the alien dicks, and it's like it's it's more horror than shooter and like puzzle solving, a little bit walking simulatory, and it's it's thing seems to be specifically very non handholdy, which is fine, but it's kind of like I was walking around the opening area, and it's like I was pulling on all these levers, and it's like okay, this is a puzzle based game, so I'm like I, you 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 put your hand into this gross alien pussy. And like a little, <laughs> no such thing. A little lever drops from the ceiling, but it doesn't do anything because you haven't finished the puzzle. It's like okay, let me walk into the next room. You you wank off a fucking xenomorph, knob. <laughs> an alien Henry the Hoover. Yeah, yeah, you you and Henry have a little uh, tryst, and uh, 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 another thing dr- opens, but again, it it, it signals to you that um, you haven't solved this puzzle. And I'm like, okay, like. 
I, I found like 10 different switches and buttons to press, but they're all saying, oh, but you haven't. And it's like, I, the game, there's like no text in the game at all. There's no narration. There's no nothing. It's literally just, I, I think it's one of those things where it wants you to pull all the levers and then figure out what order you're supposed to be doing it in or which button goes here. And I'm just kind of like, I was like, there's no communication at all. And I was like, and because it is so weird and gross and alien and it did look, it looks really well made. The, the game design language, for lack of a better term, I, I was sitting there and I was saying this on stream and I was like, this is why I do not stream puzzle games because I'm playing this and I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you want me to do. I don't even know what right. button relates to what puzzle piece. And I, I felt a little less stupid when I was Googling afterwards and it was like people were saying like, yeah, I can't get out of the first room. The, everything is kind of this kind of yellowy, green, alien-y color and there is no kind of naughty dog here's the yellow caution tape hanging off the gap that you're supposed to go in there's none of that it's literally kind of just like it's taking the kind of souls dark souls approach to puzzle solving which is kind of like fucking figure it out buddy and i was like no (laughs) this was kind of my (laughs) my reaction and and by virtue of being a game pass game as well it's easy for one of the to be one of these things i was like all right I don't care. I I've, I didn't pay for this, so so yeah. So that's scoring, um, and I think that's going to do it for our uh, our show this week. That's that's game guff. Uh, so we will be back next week with a uh, another oh, edition of the show. No, stop, stop everything. Stop everything. I do have a book guff. Okay. Oh, cool. L- listeners, I'll be back in one second. Oh, he, doesn't oh, even, he doesn't even have it. What are you talking no, about? No, I just remembered it. Oh he, my god. You're gonna you're gonna like this, Barry. Oh, I better, I better. This better be the great. This better be a book about how good I am. Is it the Bible? Is it? Oh yeah, it's the good book. Construct of the Holy Book. Okay, I'm back. Okay, we're ready, we're ready for this. What book yeah. did you get? Is it going to be the what's the fucking? Bart Simpson guide, guide to Life. That's what I was thinking. I, I have that already. You have that. As does talk, every we, child. Yeah, we talked about that extensively. Yeah. So, people might remember, uh, I mentioned this maybe a year or two ago. One of my favorite um, books I've I've purchased. I obviously love my Zelda books, as we know. My Legend of Zelda hand drawn game guide. Wow. Remember, uh, I mentioned this with yeah. every page. Look at these illustrations in here. Yeah. Beautiful. So, if people were keeping up with this, there was some legal issues with with putting these out. I think he had planned to put out a Metroid one. Nintendo got involved. It didn't happen. Ixnay on that. Put the kibosh on that. Now, luckily, I own already the Zelda one. It's it's absolutely beautiful. So, what he was able to do was he started a uh, magazine that he's producing through Patreon. So I'm going to advertise this now. Okay, Hand- it is. It's not hand-drawn game guides because, again, legal gray area. Yeah. Hand-drawn gaming magazine. Now, it's only, it's very small. It's only eight pages. Okay. So it's, it's not, you're not getting a, a proper uh, game master. You know, game master. <laughs> but uh, every page is completely hand-done. Uh, and issue one, a game uh barry you completed recently uh the original castlevania oh wow oh that looks great wow the art on that is is beautiful you have the map here sorry listeners i'll I'll do a tweet or something yeah do a tweet Uh, just for the for the listeners who maybe even can't even be arsed opening the the twitter what what's the name of this chap give us the give us the the plug here uh well if you look up hand-drawn gaming on uh 
Patreon. Hand-drawn gaming, okay. Yeah. Uh, hand-drawn gaming, Patreon. Let me just look that up. Yeah, so it's at patreon.com slash hand-drawn gaming. Okay. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tweet out a few photos. I, was, I don't want to tweet it all out because obviously that's kind of... Well, no, yeah, yeah. But even the cover kind of illustrates it. The oh, boss is great. here in the game. Very cool. Oh, so yeah, that's issue one came in the post just this week. Uh, read through it. I've actually never played Castlevania and this makes me want to play it. Yeah, definitely, so, definitely play it on an emulator where you can turn on a load of bullshit so that you can finish it. <laughs> well, I'll play it on the... Um, Nintendo Switch with the rewind. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Although even even with the, I was like, I'm just going to use the rewind, and then I, by the end of the game, I was like, just turn on invincibility, just fucking, just, just like, I can't fucking beat this fucking game. Well, like, this, this gives you tips about how to do it. So. And that's, I was actually just talking to someone this week about how like that era of gaming, like the arcade cabinet and the box art and the manual, they were all aspects in conveying the art style because the game now castlevania looks great i think there is it still looks lovely but it is limited and so the the manuals and things like that and the fucking key art they would send to nintendo power that was as much of conjuring up the image in your head of what the game was supposed to look like yes as the actual art itself but yeah no that's that looks that looks really cool i might check that out myself um and i see it's like a certain tier to get the physical one posted out to you or or... yeah i think it was like seven euro or something it was uh physical subscription no sorry physical subscription international nine euro that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah i mean i i i love like i said i love the zelda thing i'm super interested in his stuff that he produces so i signed up for that on the on the nintendo getting involved legally thing i saw ikea told the there's a guy making a like survival horror game set in not ikea but obviously ikea and then ikea like don't do that don't do that (laughs) Um, and is, there's actually is that just going into an IKEA. Is that the game? Because it kind. Of, I mean, it's it's like it's not it's not like it's very much kind of doing that that kind of uh, uh, you're lost in it after hours thing. Like it's mm. not it's not a, it's not like spooky IKEA. It's like the the vibe is that it's a normal IKEA with with right. deranged things in it. So yeah, you got told not to do that. <laughs> Similarly, there's this. I saw today there's people working on a project to get a version of PlayStation Home online. Uh, that was the, the the basically the fake like second space looking thing that Sony did for a while, which which died I think about seven or eight years ago. But they've got a they've got a version of it up and running, which is really cool. I mean, like it's stupid. I would never waste one second even trying to get on it. But I just <laughs> like when people try to keep things like that alive for history's sake. You know, um, this is being done by the. Uh, was it RC PCS3 or whatever the the, the 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 most notable PS3 emulator out there those folks are working yeah. on it so that's that stuff's cool I I whenever they like because they were kind of announcing it's like hey everyone we're doing it we're getting PlayStation Home Online I was like I know you want to get the word out but the louder you shout about it the more likely you are to get the letter saying don't do that don't do that take that down now please but anyway uh yeah that was book off that was that was the brief return of book off i will be back next week with uh uh, more of the usual fun and games we'll probably have our our conclusions on on the spooky season we have more uh uh films to watch and and things like that and uh more games and of course any further updates from any camps uh about um uh about the the brawl out we will always love camp punk Uh, <laughs> so until then everyone i hope you had a happy and safe halloween and now we we chug along to the festive season um uh, but we'll save that chat for for a few weeks time all right everyone thanks so much for listening it's goodbye from me barry it's goodbye from paul 
Goodbye. Nice goodbye from Joe. Goodbye.